Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Nightmares Podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Smith, along with Brandon Murkowski and Mark Conway. And I have two very special guests today, uh, <laughs> Madeline and Christina, uh, directors and the head filmmakers of the short film Intersect. Hello. Hi. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Nightmares Podcast. Thank you both so yes. much for, for hanging out with uh, with us crazy people. Um, uh, the uh, And my crazy intro speech. And this you're is what they get for making me do it. The, uh, the, uh, the uh, <laughs> um, uh, so thank you both very, very much. Um, we really, really appreciate it. I know that, uh, you know, that we had some internet issues and we got a, we got some crazy stuff going on out in the world, but we appreciate you coming and hanging out with, with us. Um, uh, so absolutely, absolutely. So I know, I know, uh, Brandon, myself and Zach are going to have a, a series of questions, but I always love kicking this off. This, so our big main topic is, is, um, is talking about like, where did this start for you? That's like the theme. So like, where did this journey start for you? You know, uh, where did it all begin? Where did this crazy adventure of becoming filmmakers? And it may be different for both of you. And, you know, you probably have intersected, obviously intersected at some point, uh, no pun intended. And, you know, so I want to get an idea, you know, so whoever wants to go first, you know, please rock and roll, talk about it. You know, did it start with your parents? Did it start with movies, films, you know, and then also too, how did you get involved, not necessarily in filmmaking, but in horror as well? So please take it away. I know that was a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have always had a dream of filmmakers. I, well, starting way back, me and Mal met when we were five years old in kindergarten. Yeah. I bullied her. Somehow yeah. we stayed friends. <laughs> she was my kindergarten bully. And yeah. like now. She was a new girl in town and I had to show her around, but I didn't really like her. Show her what's up. All right. <laughs> um. But I think just growing up, we were we have like a like a solid group of friends, and we were the only ones really that had an infatuation with films and appreciation for them. And like Die Hard, like we would <laughs> ditch school, we would ditch school to like go see, be the first to see like a movie, you know, or like if it came out the night before, you know, like a midnight premiere, we would ditch the next day so that like we would be the only <laughs> ones out of our friend group who saw it. Or yeah, so it's just always a connection that we've always had, and that's just something we also pride ourselves into just having like not only being best friends but now business partners and something that we've always longed to do um well and of course um you know growing up we don't really have anyone in our family that i would say um is you know into filmmaking or i even think as enthusiastic about um film the way we are um so that being said when i told my parents i want to do something in media or i want to you know, study film in college, they were kind of like, you know, okay, go, go that for it. That blank stare reaction. Yeah. So I What are you going to do for real money? What's, right. you know, when, exactly. when's that going to come in? You you know what? It sounded kind of cool, actually. Like we, you actually sound a lot, a, a lot, you're in good company. It sounds like Brandon, me and Zach. Um, uh, so, but yeah, you sound, yeah. And I actually remember when midnight premieres were actually midnight premieres. Hey Zach, remember that? Remember, remember when it was actually a midnight premiere opposed to actually at opposed to 6 p.m. on Thursday? Right, right, right. Way back I when. Like, I remember Paranormal Activity. All the dark times. Yeah. <laughs> Prom night. I think we had like the, our entire high school grade go the night yeah. before for the premiere. <laughs> so, and then I think, um, so then we ended up uh, going to different colleges and so forth. I still stayed very close friends, but I think just kind of, you know, we're very much so doing our own thing. I ended up studying journalism and then switched my major like eight times until I did media arts. Um, and then also quickly learned that I didn't really like that either. 
um, you know, being, <laughs> I, uh, because I studied more so, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, in the newsroom, when you're in the newsroom and it, so I was very much so kind of um, taught how to be like a producer, you know, for a news channel or, you know, sports producing and so forth. So then cut to, um, we were, I started a, a video production company just doing social media um, online and Christina started working with me actually. And we found ourselves again, kind of staying up, you know, till 5 a.m. watching every, you know, movie um, all the time. And we just thought, you know what, why don't we just go for it and give it a go and start taking these ideas and thoughts that we, you know, are constantly writing out and getting so excited for, why don't we just do it? Yeah. And that's kind of where this all came together. Yeah. I mean, I took a total different route in college. Um, I studied from psychology to sociology. I wanted to go into marketing. I switched it finally to communication. I really doubted myself like thinking that as much as I want to do film, I just listen to all the background noise of, you know, there's really no future in it, blah, blah, blah. Not that my parents weren't supportive, like whatever I do, it's just, you know, that society standard of what are you going to do with it? Yeah, um, there's always that underlying fear in yeah, the back of right. all of our heads. That really, that really got to me and I really kicked myself to this day for not, you know, going to film school. I really wanted that college experience at the, at the time, you know, instead of a city school. Um, so I ended up going to Iowa studying communication. Um, it's really nothing in media, <laughs> nothing in film. Um, but yeah, we all, like Mel said, we always had the dream of doing film in the back of our minds and just constantly just writing out things on a piece of paper that came to mind. Um, but once we graduated and Madeline was a few months into her company, we really said like, this is the perfect time to make it happen. Like we both, she has her own uh, company, It'll, we'll work together. You know, I won't go get that nine to five. Well, let's really work on this. And that's really when it all started in about 2018. Um, we wrote we wrote part of the script, kind of leaned off of it for about a good six months and came back in full throttle the next year. And that's when we really found everybody. Everything came into place in about 2019, the summer of 2019. Um, we found our DP who, and she it's had her so own. so amazing. Yeah. She oh. just moved from China like two years ago yeah. and she, we reached out to her just on Instagram and yeah. she was so um, just kind of hungry like we were, you know, to actually just do something instead of just talk and talk yeah. and talk about it. So willing to help. And yeah. Wait, Brandon, doesn't that sound familiar? <laughs> A little bit. You know, our, our, our company started on, on, on uh, the weekend before Halloween of uh, 2018. Yep. 18 um, of us all. Uh, tired of waiting for other people to to get off their ass and, and us being you know put on base uh waiting for something to happen and and we you know i think zach uh you know pulled me aside and and said well what do we really need to get this done and then you know we included brandon in this conversation we all started talking and um and the conversation turned into uh you know at you know the funny thing is it I, obviously our podcasters have heard this story a thousand times but you haven't so i figured i'd share it with you guys with you both <laughs> The, uh, the, you know, the Living Nightmares episode started out as just simply a short. Um, uh, you know, we just want to do a horror short. Um, uh, and and then we realized, oh, wait a minute. Um, uh, this could actually be a series. Um, uh, we can actually do multiple ones. This can be like an anthology series. And then we also realized, oh, wait a minute. These also take, you know, two, three months to get going for 
multitudes of different reasons. So we said, well, we got to fill in some content, you know, and then we, we developed the podcast and other material. And, and then we started meeting more people and more people were like, yeah, we'll come on and we'll, we'll bullshit about filmmaking and about horror things and stuff like that. And then it kind of went to and evolved. And, you know, and the funny thing is that, you know, I know Brandon and Zach both started out in different areas. Um, I know Brandon wanted to be um, in post and, um, and do other things. And I know Zach was, you know, was kind of looking at directing, but was still mostly a post guy, you know, um, or, you know, fill in the gaps, guys. Um, uh, Zach or Brandon, jump in on this. Oh, so, yeah. Um, I used to be one, of, I used to want to be a director, but out of school, I knew that directors don't make any money. So I was trying to get into editing, but nobody wanted to pay me for my editing, but people would pay me for my camera work. Well, what happened is like the DP on a, on a student project would drop out or on a project after graduation would drop out. And I'd be the only one on the set who was brave enough to touch the camera because nobody wants to be the one responsible for destroying the look of anybody's short film. Right. Um, and I will say I made a lot of mistakes back then, um, some of which were my fault, some of which were inevitable from the condition of the equipment being used. Um, but that's how you learn. Uh, and then, sure. yeah, it just sort, sort of became, I became a camera guy. And then I left and worked on cruise ships for a year and a half. And when I came back, uh, everybody was like, okay, you're a DP now. What? Okay. Yeah. We, <laughs> miss, we hey, missed him. We missed him. <laughs> the, uh, Zach, Zach, you want to you wanna ch chime in too with your story? Because I know that you got a, a couple interesting things as well. Essentially, I went into post because I like to light stuff on fire and blow stuff up. <laughs> it's so fun just changing and manipulating things. And being the guy who gets to make all that cool stuff happen is awesome. Only to find out nobody wants that in the industry. And they want you to fix all their mess ups. Right. Uh, Zach, don't put yourself down. You made a really cool Ghost Rider head. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, did. Zach and actually, is actually early in the early days, Zach was going to uh, make a, uh, a an editing company called zach what were we gonna call it fix my fuck up productions <laughs> but yeah zach zach can tell you some stories about some post stuff to um, make uh, to make a long story short essentially every job i got out of school was just fixing somebody's fuck up like remove a jeep from this scene that's supposed to take place in the 1920s <laughs> remove a lavalier mic that's on a guy's shirt in every single shot he's in Oh my god! Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely edit on more of a smaller scale when I am working within like, like you know video campaigns online and so forth. But editing is, it's so it can be so overwhelming. And so even working with editors for the short film as well, it no was joke. it was no <laughs> joke. And literally, I walk you. I mean, again, this was our first project, and it's so funny to see all the footage together that didn't, like, you know, obviously make it to the final cut. You have me running through the back of the shots with, like, um, like a parka on, and I'm, like, I had, like, dropped my walkie-talkie. We have, it's just, it's the so funny. And, of course, like, look, we're asking the editor, you know, can you, we use this shot? And he's, like, well, how do I take you running <laughs> across the screen? Like, you know, that is so funny. Oh, uh, do not do quick, quick question. Can... Uh, hold Go on. Ahead, Zach. So when you were in that shot, like how much of the shot were you in? Were you far enough in the background to where like you were just a small speck or were you like pretty prominent? In the... it, was it no, undeniably like, you? It looked like the abominable snowman like had ran through and <laughs> just like hanging out. It's like a pitch black night. It was like at the last couple shots and 
I mean, given we totally are like, we knew it wasn't going to like make it, it yeah. but we're just like, what was I thinking? I had, I totally <laughs> Again, ran through rookies, the rookies. Yeah. But so, we made so, it so hold, on, hold on though. You didn't, you didn't have a marketing person there. Cause I, what I would have told you was, was like, just run with the Bigfoot thing. Like, be like, yeah. we got, we got Bigfoot in the background <laughs> running past. Yeah, it's right. It's like the like three men and a baby story with the ghosts in the background. The right. um, uh, you can have those onset stories. The, right. um, yeah. Well, actually, and it's funny you say that because um, there's so many things that end up happening. Um, for instance, there's rain in the film, and we prayed, prayed, prayed that it would not rain <laughs> the one day. That the we the get middle everyone of October, it. we were hoping there's gonna be yeah. no rain. <laughs> and so no there's inclement so weather in Chicago. Fun. Yeah. So there were so many elements that came into play um, that ended up, in my, you know, in our opinion, really um, catering to the story and what we wanted. However, did we plan that out ahead of time? No. Um, so we totally had to work with, like, you know, what we were working with. Yeah. Um, Honestly, it, it made our entire night. It made the movie. Like, once the rain started and we figure out how we can work with it and we saw it in post, it just... it honestly made intersect for what it was yeah you gotta work so with it work with what you can it all worked out that's I fantastic th i think it definitely made those shots look really good at the end yeah. Yeah. so oh, yeah. it's one of those happy accidents it it happens yeah. thankfully yeah, but it worked. <laughs> and we could talk to you about some happy accidents i'll tell you yeah we, um uh, we've had some play hey brandon remember the remember the remote um and you and i almost died oh yeah so in our first short uh snapchat nightmare uh, there's a scene where the main character is sitting in the kitchen and in the background on one of the counters is a TV remote that neither Mark and I remembered being on set. And it, for some reason, uh, Zach was out of the room when Mark and I were watching it because since that, Zach's the one that edited it, um, Mark and I just wanted to go in cold. I think this was like the first rough cut that we were watching. Yeah, it had to be because it was the first time we saw any of the footage put together. Um, for some reason, that remote, both of our eyes just go right to that remote. And we both have the exact same thought, as is usually the case, because uh, Mark and I's brains are tethered to one another. Um, we were just hoping that there wasn't some other take that gets cut back to where the remote's suddenly gone. So for like a minute, of us watching this we're not even paying attention to the pacing or the story or the sound or anything we were just fixated on this remote just thinking don't disappear don't disappear, yeah. don't, disappear. <laughs> don't move don't move don't move it did not move don't, thank god don't, don't we had to rewind the short and rewatch it again because we weren't paying attention but yeah, no, no, no 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 performances no no other judgment just just the remote, just the, the remote. remote in the chat. <laughs> so i gotta ask you both a question so um uh we have we have a tradition and we're gonna get into it a little bit later we're gonna go through the whole gauntlet with you on on pre-production uh production and post-production we're gonna get into all the in-depth because we there's a couple things we'd love to talk about the process and the thing how it is but the one thing too i don't want to miss is Let's talk about horror because that's why we're yeah. uh, one of the reasons why we're here. Let's talk about some horror stuff. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious though, where where did the horror adventure start for both of you? Like, when did you both? Was it a family member? Or did you sneak into a movie when you were younger? Or you know, when did horror touch your life? And, and the two questions I love to ask is, when did you? Uh, when did horror touch your life in a, in a movie sense? And then also, when did you see uh, a horror movie and go, mm, I could do that? 
We've always had. I don't know if we still think we can do that, but. <laughs> None of us do. Don't worry about it. We've watched too many horror movies before we should have, before our time that we should have. Um, it is never too early to watch horror movies. That is yeah, a rule. Some, some yeah. are a little triggering for me. Like, I can't watch. I think I watched, was it Maniac? When I, with Robert Englund, England, the Freddy Krueger, <laughs> when I was like, what, 12 or 10? And I, to this day, I just get the jitters. Just 1,000 Maniacs? What is it? Might have been 1,000 Maniacs. 1,000 Maniacs. Yeah, we were just talking, we were literally just yeah. talking about this in the last podcast. Kind of, yeah, like a Midsommar type story. I don't yeah. know, but it's. Yeah, so, something you're gonna learn whenever you see me holding my phone on this podcast. Yes, I am on IMDb, and yes, I am fact checking. <laughs> yeah, it was like 2,000 maniacs. I think that's I think that's what it was called. Don't, um, don't take it personally. He does it to all of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we really always had an infatuation with horror. I mean, I think more mine than was me, like, but um, yeah, mine was. I will never forget when Blockbuster was still a thing, and my parents would say like, "Oh, let's go get a Sunday." Yeah, R.I.P. Blockbuster. My parents would. <laughs> There's still one. <laughs> oh, there it is. There's still one. Where? Wow, I love that. I think it's in Oregon, and it is Oregon. still fighting strong, even amid, amidst all the oh, quarantining awesome. and everything. I loved Blockbuster back in the day. So we would go and we would pick out, like, you know, a family movie. And I always wanted to go in, like, the sections, you know, that you would see the horror movie, um, just like even the front cover. And I'd be like, oh, damn, you know, and I'd be like nervous and I felt weird even asking my mom if I could watch it. <laughs> and she'd be like, no, you, you know, you can't. We're not going to get that. And so then I remember I saw Hostel, like part two, <laughs> then like shortly after. I just always kind of was interested. And that's where my energy kind of was. I was always um, drawn to it. So then I saw Hostel part two. I It was just on randomly, like somewhere on when I was like maybe in. I don't really know how old I was. So we had like this timeline. We were probably and all, too young. Yeah, but it was just, I was young and I remember being so infatuated with it. Just um, kind of the the actors were all um, like people I'd seen other movies before. And so I was interested in that because a lot of times the horror movies that I'd watched that were very gory. A lot of the actors I had never seen before. And you kind of then think like, oh, it's super low budget or and so forth. So then I was so into Hostel, and I had to see, you know, part one, um, and then part three, and then I had this huge obsession with Eli Roth, and yada, 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 it just kind of all came together, and ever since we've just been watching, Yeah, I mean, it's just so exciting, it's like fun. Yeah, I think we, we laugh more than get scared from watching the horror movies together, like we'll be at each other's houses, and, you know, she'll turn on the human centipede, yeah. <laughs> you know, more to that. <laughs> Um, and just I'm, like, I'm like, you have to watch this. Like, you have to see this. Uh, I think my uh, love for her came from watching it with my brother. Like, he would always have the Saw movies on. Dear God. Um, yeah. Those, but I'm more into, I would say, like, the OG Halloween. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. So, I think those I like to stick with rather than, you know, the Slaughterhouse movies. Yeah, you're, you're in Zach's camp. Zach's, a, Zach's the old the old school guy, and that yeah, right, Zach. Yeah. I'm and I'm so more like I love the gore. Yeah. I love the like really rough, rough. I can't do it anymore. I don't know. Just can't. But watch the it gore anymore. is so fun, though. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little too real for me. <laughs> like what did I watch the other night? I came home and um, all my roommates fell asleep, and I started watching on Amazon Prime. It, it had popped up in like what you should watch, and it was I Spit on Your Grave. And I'd already seen, like, um, 
there's so many of them. So I, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, this is different. So I watch that. And then, of course, I'm down a rabbit hole watching, like, every single one. And then <laughs> Was it's it the, uh, the original or the remake? I got to know. <laughs> then it's, like, 4 a.m. And I'm just like, whoa. So, yeah, that's definitely more my lane. And she's a little more I'm a little, doesn't like I'm that. I'm a little more low-key when it comes to horror. <laughs> was it the original or the remake? Brandon was, Brandon was asking. By, I spit on your grave. Was it the it original was, or the remake? It was definitely a remake. It was, okay. um, yeah. The uh, we we have was that part of that early two thousands remake uh, span, Brandon? I think um, so. Like I, the I really bad I, ones, like, <laughs> like I, I, I think that remake was like oh five or oh six, and oh, then yeah. out of nowhere, two sequels just kind of emerged yeah. from the mist. Which yeah. I don't know when that happened. It's like <laughs> I was walking in Target one day, and just like I spit on your grave trilogy. Yes, sequels. <laughs> Okay, uh, it's like open water. There, there are sequels to that. Okay, yeah. and it's just it's so I almost get embarrassed when I tell people because I'll <laughs> I'll say oh I watch blah 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 and then if someone were to go watch it they're like okay first of all You're all these movies are literally person. the same yeah it's some girl getting like brutally you know tortured by like you know guy like it's literally that's the storyline for all. She'll, she'll text me like, you gotta watch this movie and I'm like ten minutes into the again the human centipede I'm like what the. Did you make yeah. people watch? Look at the craftsmanship in that. <laughs> yeah, <slide. laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> the um, uh, and then, and and that's the reason why I'm a huge fan of of horror parody and horror satire. Yeah. Scream, Scream and Cabin in the Woods are my two fa- uh, two of my favorite horror movies. Oh so, my god. So yeah. I reckon. So if anybody's gonna recognize the tropes of horror movies, damn, I'm really gonna recognize the tropes of horror <laughs> movies. Um, and, and Brandon is no, uh, Zach doesn't always do the, the best with satire, but Brandon and I enjoy it. Um, <laughs> Zach the, doesn't uh, understand satire. And so what got you all into the genre and so forth? Them. The, uh, <laughs> them. I blame them. The, um, uh, the, uh, well, I mean, Zach's been watching horror movies since he was four. Uh, Brandon since he was eight. Um, uh, the, uh, no, probably I've been earlier. Probably yeah. earlier. Actually, I'm gonna let, Zach has the, most interesting story mine's pretty white girl basic um <laughs> i say um uh, the um uh, you know i was a passive horror fan i enjoyed you know certain you know certain movies and everything else yeah. uh, but um but meeting with these guys they really got me into um appreciating it um and actually i and that i've told every actor that i know was like you you got to go in and, and be in a horror movie because they're a fucking blast and and by the way you know and i fell in love i fell in love with the movies but i more fell in love with the filmmaking process and i damn sure fell in love with the community um uh, literally the nicest most well-hearted people that i and humble people that i've ever met um that love to 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 produce horrible carnage um, <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 two of my best friends are uh, you know are people who are really into that so um uh, so it's been a wild uh, a fun ride for me um from coming from a passive fan to a fan and to a you know a, a filmmaker in this genre, it's been uh, it's been really cool. It's been really really cool. But Zach's journey runs even earlier than that. So uh, Zach, t- uh, take it away, brother. So I've been watching horror movies for as long as I can remember. Um, <laughs> my mom and I used to be really close and tight together when I was a kid. So I would always watch essentially with her. I would watch horror movies, and with my grandfather, I would always watch the Arnold Schwarzenegger action movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So because of her, I grew up with Freddy, Jason, Pinhead, all those beautiful badasses. And then uh, my grandfather, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Van Damme, everything. So I didn't grow up with Disney. I, oh, God, no, no. 
I can't do the cartoon kid stuff. I just need hardcore action, blood, guts, and gore. The, Zach, uh, I wish I could see your face. This is killing me. It, 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 Zach, it, it, come over here so they can uh, see your face real quick. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Give me one second. Just the, um, uh, and Zach and I, our exactly. listeners not yeah, seeing the video. Zach yeah. is my roommate. Lives right down the hall from me. So, um, but Zach, yeah, Zach loves the action movies. Him and I, I have, have dug it. We have, uh, you know, he's a huge Predator fan, um, a huge Terminator fan, has a giant Predator mural in his room. Um, uh, no, no, no fucking joke. No fucking joke. He took the, it back uh, from, he was, he used to work at a movie theater and he kind of just took it when they were done with it. Oh, this wow. is Zach. <laughs> the, the typical metal head look, a beard and a, and a, and a friggin' bandana. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see y'all in a few. The, okay. um, so, so yeah, so that, um, uh, that's been um, uh, the, uh, and actually the, the funny thing is I have an interesting thing I, with Zach. He's all about like the, the blood gut and carnage and, you know, and, and having fun with things. And Brandon and I get to have very sophisticated conversation. Wow. I can't talk. Sophisticated. Um, uh, sophisticated conversations. My parents didn't love me enough to buy me hooked on phonics. Yeah. Um, uh, the, um, uh, the <laughs> it didn't work anyway, Mark. No, I didn't. It was the biggest lie of the nineties. Um, right next to pet rock and zoo books. Um, uh, oh, the, uh, that money didn't go to the animals. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, uh, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, Brandon, and I, I, I like, <laughs> like to intelligently talk about, um, uh, uh, films. So Brandon, tell them about your journey, brother. Um, so I don't really remember at what age it was. It, it, it could have been when I was five. It could have been when I was six. It could have been when I was eight. Who knows? But I remember my brother showed me Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Alien, Aliens, Predator, the first two Terminators. Um, and also my mom bought me all the Goosebumps books when I was a kid. Actually, I think she bought those books for my brother, but my brother's not really into horror, so I kind of just took them. Um and then as I got older, I just kind of started gravitating more towards horror movies without any real awareness of different genres out there. Just like, this right. is what I like watching. And then I would say it was probably in high school. I am unashamedly a horror fan. <laughs> and there is nothing wrong with that. Um, and I kind of just became diehard horror from then. Which is pretty cool, and then, I mean, I mean, and we all start with goosebumps. I was say, yeah, I think that's where I think we want originally started. Yeah, well, yeah. We originally, like our poster isn't this now, but our original kind of like motif for the aesthetic we wanted for the poster was like a vintage-looking goosebumps, you know, cover. Yeah, to the classic, yeah like that uh, looks roughed movies. up and. Those um, covers were awesome. They yeah. were, and I oh wish God, they would use I... them for the new printings. I don't know if any of you have ever seen the new printings of the Goosebumps books, but they look very, they're bland and it's depressing when you know what they used to be. That sucks. And and actually just, you know, too, that's, that's what we all, uh, what we do to decompress from all the work that we're doing with the company. We watch episodes of Goosebumps and we just, we we just, we just, we just rip it and we, oh man, do we have a blast (laughs) Uh, by the, it's the best quality of, of uh, Canadian uh, kids television. Um, watch um what is the one with the mask it's like don't or where the girl has oh, the mask it's like maybe a movie. mask it's, it's an episode of yeah the, um, the haunted mask. 
Unmasked. Yeah, the unmasked. Yeah. So my sister and I were talking about the other day, and she goes, my sister's, again, so not like me in that regard. Um, she can barely, like, she watches Friends all the time, 24-7. <laughs> it, like, makes her happy. Is so, she older or younger, just for younger. reference? Younger? Okay. Younger, okay. two years younger. And she just moved close to me. So she comes over the other day, and she said that she hadn't slept all night because she watched a Goosebumps <laughs> um, episode about, like, the mask. And she was, holy shit, she goes, these are so scary. <laughs> And they were on like Disney Channel back then. Like, <laughs> so remember? Right, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, please stop. I can't even deal with that kind of like talk because those are so not, but I guess they are so good. Yeah. Or the one They're where, scary, like, what's the one where they go in the there. basement and the dad like turns into a plant? Stay out of the basement. Don't go in the, stay out of the basement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we can. Oh, we can. Talk. Oh, the ending of that one was actually creepy with, with all the flowers telling the girl that they're her father. And it, that, that was kind of creepy. No, they're definitely. I got. I'm trying to think of another one. All right, well, all right. Well, talking when yeah, she can't get it yeah, off of her it's neck. Like Halloween night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the, the haunted mask. We have a joke. We have a couple jokes. We found some serious tropes with them. Um, I know that uh, the uh, uh, camp of uh, fever swamp or whatever. Um, uh, they they like they use so much. Werewolf of fever swamp. Werewolf of fever swamp. Um, uh, the um, both of them, by the way, Mark. I know. Um, uh, but they use so m- so many fucking fog machines in that in that episode. I li- I was I literally we were all sitting there in silence watching this, and I and I just I was like, you know, you think the director walked on set and he's like, you know what, fifteen more smoke machines, otherwise <laughs> yeah. I walk. We need Dear. more. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the camp one where you can literally just see the smoke coming off of the roof of a cabin. That's that's yeah, that's the one we talk. <laughs> the um, hey Zach, what about that uh, the one with the cuckoo clock? What's the favorite oh, line of that? So the scariest thing I've ever seen in a whole Goosebumps series is this kid. He's like, I don't know, like 10 uh, something years five. old. I think he five. was five. Either way, he's walking to this antique, st- this antique store. Alone. And this dude in a trench coat walking with his hands in his pocket very slowly. He's like, hey, kid, got the time? <laughs> stranger danger stranger, stranger danger run it had nothing to do with the plot whatsoever. nothing nothing to do with the plot. literally cut it out and it would not oh make a difference God. the um the and it's just and it's just it's like it, it's so funny like the shit they had there, there's okay so there's an episode two where where all the kids are turning into dogs right yeah there uh, go back and watch this episode i promise you, it, it, this is one specific thing i need you to do there's a scene when they have a, a home doctor that comes and visits him and he literally tells the parents, the kid's going to be fine. And then he turns As around he's walking and out of frame out of the room and turns around and goes, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, the, like the perfect fucking look of, yeah, that kid's fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's the, like it's the best reactionary now- look I've ever seen in almost anything. The, and I've seen a lot of shit. Where can you watch those episodes? Netflix. They're on Netflix. Yeah. Is that where? Yeah, that's Netflix. where Taylor must have watched that's it. That's where we watch them. And we've we've gotten to some. The we've got some good ones. And man, we got some bad. And Zach Zach has has an aneurysm uh, every time he sees the the FX um uh, the the digital effects and everything else. Oh right. Oh it's oh it's bad. Zach, are, are you still recovering? Those '90s effects or something else? What's the worst <laughs> one you remember, Zach? There's a lot. The blood oh, man. Everyone. There has to be one that sticks out in your mind. I don't think there's one shot where they use a green screen where they did a proper key, so that's a problem. 
Well, I love the editor's laugh and that nobody else laughs. It's just, it's just, I, I, I just like the effects whenever anybody transforms into something else. Yeah. Those effects are always winners. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's a blast. The, um, uh, wasn't there one episode where somebody messed up the intro credits and wrote something really stupid as somebody's name? I think I think that did happen. The, I um, vaguely uh, remember something like that. We, we're gonna when we actually do the podcast for Goosebumps, we're gonna go back and rewatch the episodes. <laughs> um, we're gonna catch all kinds of shit. But I will tell you though, this it is some of the worst ADR that I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> almost all the kids are ADR. And by the way, there's at least two dickheads in every episode. Yeah, like they're terrible <laughs> children. Terrible fucking children. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, I'm where really are your parents. I'm definitely gonna watch some episodes tonight. You all have like honestly, that's part watch. of the inspiration from like why we why we even made a movie in general. Like we just researched all Netflix, all these like indie Netflix movies. I'm like, how the hell did these get greenlit? Yeah. What, like, what? What? How? I just want to know how. Like, that's the only question I ask. I'm like, if they can do it, we can fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Brandon, doesn't that sound familiar? We did it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I've been saying that about Sharknado for years now. Right, yeah, perfect example. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 100%. Do not get Zach started on some fucking shark movies, man. He, uh, like, Jaws is one of his favorite movies of all time, and, and he has a huge issue yeah, with... with than yeah. Sharknado. <laughs> like, I want to be in that conference room and them doing the pitch of, all right, we're going to have sharks coming out of the water and eating people in a tornado. Like, I don't understand that pitch at all. I don't get it. I really don't. And now they're doing zombie tsunami. Just no way. Yeah, and, that's a thing. That and, is a thing. And, and, and Tara Reed's gonna be there for some reason, <laughs> even even though she hasn't been a thing in like ten years. But the, well, we're gonna go with it. Twenty yeah. years. American Pie was ninety nine. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is that so, is something. So, what are your favorite? Because I I always hate when people ask us this, but I guess in a way I'm I'm asking you without like kind of asking you. <laughs> But what are like your top five or six favorite horror films? This might be easier for Zach than it is for any of us. All right. Um, Friday the 13th, part seven, Hellraiser, part two, Nightmare on Elm Street, part three. Hmm. What else would I put? What else would I put? Well, because I know when someone's like, oh, what's your favorite horror film? I'm like, I can't name one. Because there's horror, and then, and then there's like horror thrillers, yeah. there's horror Yeah, there's so many subgenres. Yeah. Right. This is the reason why we made the podcast, so we could talk <laughs> about multiple horror genres. Yeah, I, so yeah, we didn't exactly. have to answer these questions. <laughs> if it isn't abundantly apparent, I just, I love slasher movies, especially the classics of Freddy, Jason, and Pinhead are my absolute favorites. Uh, Sci-fi movies out of the cliche genre. Oof, let's see, what do I got? Um... Are they remaking Hellraiser? They- I hope not. <laughs> there, there is a TV series coming to, I think, HBO. Okay. I think that's uh, It's going to be written by Michael Doherty, who did uh, Trick or Treat, Krampus, uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Okay. Um, and I think uh, David Gordon Green, who directed the most recent Halloween, is going to direct it. So yeah. it's got it's got some people behind it. We got some chops. Got some chops there. Yeah. Um, I have an unhealthy obsession with Predator. We know. <laughs> Uh, but um, yeah. And uh, and Terminator. Terminator's not really a horror movie. That's an action movie. Ah, fair enough. There are Maybe. a lot of people that will say the first Terminator is a horror movie. It's. I personally don't get it. It's a very yeah. good movie. Yeah, I don't see that. But I, I, I wouldn't say horror. I'd say thriller. 
um uh sci-fi that's about as close as i would get um, we'll, do, uh, we'll do predator and alien bro predator i wouldn't even put in a horror film alien i okay seeing it in the theaters sure um but predator no great movie great action movie thriller maybe it is not a horror film same thing with terminator beautiful movies but yeah fair, fair enough fair enough um uh, b-man what are some of your favorites um let's see we already mentioned night of the creeps i love the evil dead franchise um nightmare on elm street one and three um the shining the thing uh i really like the descent that's a more recent one i really like i love the descent as well yeah like you have not seen the descent until you've watched it with surround sound and the lights off it's like oh it's like you're in the cave with them it's freaking awesome i hate i like get claustrophobic really easily so anything where you're stuck in like an up like an elevator well actually she's really really claustrophobic but anytime you're stuck in a cave or i i mean and again this wasn't really a good movie (laughs) but have you seen the movie um it's called like 47 meters down but it's like a different it's it's not the best but it's the second one and it's with they're in these Cave shark. Yeah. So, Brandon, hold up, hold up. I have a question for you. Did you laugh like I laughed when the fish decided to scream underwater? (laughs) Battle cry. (laughs) The uh, fish screams underwater, and everyone loses their mind. And then this ancient temple is destroyed in less than ten seconds flat. No, no, Zach, Zach, you didn't say the whole thing. That ancient temple, completely undisturbed for centuries, I think they said, takes a group of five teenage girls 30 seconds to completely decimate. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I, okay, okay. I know. I, so I had a lot of fun with that movie. It was, it was stupid. It was ridiculous, but I got a bunch of good laughs out of it. I so, laughed at the first one. The, the first uh, one was just disappointing because it's so much that there's so much potential for that to actually be a good horror movie, but no, it's ruined it because of a... Mandy, Moore. Um, Mandy Moore. Yeah, I yeah. just more that was Mandy Moore. Yeah, that I watched the movie than scared. It's more like the anticipation of getting stuck underwater is fucking horrifying. Like open water, I can't watch that shit. Well, like you're gonna go in a boat in this janky little boat, like. Uh... Yeah, that, taking signs. one look at that cage, it's like, no. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> that's the reason why I watch, hey, you know, that's why I'm good with Jaws. I love Jaws. The, um, uh, that's the same yeah. story. It's three uh, three dudes on a, on a rinkety boat in the middle of the ocean. Yes. The, um, yeah, uh, it was fun after we saw the first Jaws in the theater. And then afterwards, the, th- the three of us had tried to match our personalities to the three main characters <laughs> on the boat. <laughs> you don't remember like, that? Sorry. I was with uh, Dreyfus because there's that one part where he was trying to take the picture. He said, I need you in the picture for scale. Yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely you, brother. <laughs> that's Brandon and Wes in a nutshell. No! No! <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm definitely Brody and and Zach is definitely um uh, uh um Quint. Quint. Definitely Quint. The um, if I had to, if I had to pick, I don't know why that I, I I just immediately thought that I just did. You're the most normal of the three of us. Probably. Um, uh, the uh, sure. <laughs> what for? I need something in the foreground to give it scale. I'm not doing that. <laughs> the um, uh, um, uh, the um, actually, if you get a chance, um, over at the um, uh, the magic um, uh, magic uh, box um, uh, theater music uh, box. box. I'm, I don't I fucking music box. Okay, Mark so, can't talk. I know I can't talk today. I don't, I don't know why. 
Um, every 4th of July, they actually have a screening of Jaws, which Zach missed last year, which he's very disappointed. It's a drinking game Jaws uh, movie um, where, where everybody in the whole crowd actually gets together and with a bunch of beers and drinks and, and they play a drinking game next to Jaws. It's a fucking blast. I highly recommend it. Oh, yeah. We used yeah. to live right down the street from the music yeah, we, were so we, never, we never took advantage of that. Um, uh, you know what? It, it is I, my favorite theater. It, it, it's a fantastic. I, I, we've seen, yeah. we go there a lot, or we used to. Um, <laughs> oh, the, uh, but, uh, but uh, yep. Um, but it, but it, it's a crazy uh, fun experience. Uh, very similar to how the room is, except with no. I'm just gonna say, yeah, is it except with no spoon thrown. <laughs> yeah, we love that. We haven't been able to like go to a theater though and see it. Like so we just kind of like got really into that. Yeah, recently. we love Tommy Wiseau. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, which yeah. if you ever go to a music box midnight screening of the room, be glad that you've seen the movie before because <laughs> you're not gonna hear anything. Oh, no. I and but we, we have to, you all have to tell us, like, where can we find when they're going to do that again? Uh, it's on their website. Um, I, I'm hoping they'll reopen in June. That'd be um, nice. I don't know. But yeah, every, oh, once I a month, we'll see. Um, but yeah, once a month, uh, they do a midnight screening of The Room and a midnight screening of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Both are blasts. Oh. And, and just and just a, a quick heads up, if you're at The Room, sit in the back. Don't sit in the front. Yeah. Yeah. They, the um, I I am so happy that, and also not not only do you get to see the whole theater and how they're reacting, um, but you don't get hit by spoons, uh, or whatever else is getting thrown. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. The um, uh, but uh, but yeah, no, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and then uh, and then I'm gonna I'll answer that your guys' question. Then we're gonna get into your film because I want to talk. I definitely <laughs> want to talk about that. Um, uh, the um, definitely um, Scream, Cabin in the Woods. Um, I do love some really so bad they're good, uh, like uh, Ghost Ship and Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, Freddy vs. Jason is probably the best comedy I've ever seen. Um, uh, it is amazing. Uh, I had a blast with it. Um, the, the, the Shining is definitely uh, up there for me. Jaws, uh, the Lake Placid, uh, the um, uh, several you know several different uh, different types of films. Uh, love the classics. Love Halloween. Um, uh, the, uh, I definitely love, uh, the evil dead franchise, especially army of darkness. Um, I am a big army of darkness fan, which is part three of the evil dead series. Um, it's definitely more parody than it is, than it is horror movie, but it's definitely a huge, a huge bunch of fun. Zombie land, Shaun of the dead. Um, uh, all, all good stuff, all good stuff. And then of course, American psycho and, um, uh, and then, uh, and, and also, uh, Night of the Creeps. Uh, Brandon sold me, man. Um, uh, he could not get me on TerraVision, but he can get me on Night of the Creeps. We're not talking about TerraVision. <laughs> with Night of the Creeps, whenever somebody tells me they've never seen Night of the Creeps, my immediate response is, well, I know what we're doing for the next 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Mark is a victim. Zach is a victim. It, ladies, look at the bottom left corner of his screen. There is a Night of the Creeps action figure right, right there. Yeah, I love the Mars Attack mask. I think that's awesome. <laughs> the the yeah, um, Mars Attack mask is yeah. Zach's. Um, that was one of my favorites growing up. Yeah, I Such love Such a great Mars movie. Tax. Yeah. Nobody, it's like for the longest time, I felt like I was the only person that liked it. No, I grew it's up on all those. so great. Against that comedy horror movies. They're so fun. The, uh, oh, and, uh, and Gremlins, if I'm thinking about that too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
and Gremlins Two is is probably one of the biggest surprises that I have ever seen. Brandon uh, got got me a chance yep. to show show me Gremlins, Gremlins 2. Two blows the first one out of the water. I, and I'm like, and I'm a huge Gremlins fan. The first one, huge Gremlins fan, and Gremlins Two, man, is just is solid gold, and it does not deserve any the hate that it may get. <laughs> one of the Gremlins it was so far ahead of its time that nobody knew what to do with it. That's true. I mean, like that's absolutely true. And and all you need to know too, by the way, and Zach will appreciate this, is a gremlin transforms into a gremlin spider while Angel of Death by Slayer plays in the background. That is all that anyone needs to know. <laughs> oh my god! Isn't that right, Zach? Slayer. <laughs> exactly. I rest my case. <laughs> The, uh, if you have not seen Gremlins 2, I, I highly recommend it. Um, uh, if you yeah. haven't listened to Slayer, I fully recommend it. Well, that's true, too. Um, uh, Metal if you haven't horror, seen Night of the Creeps, then I know what we're doing for the next 90 minutes. <laughs> I know what we're doing tonight. <laughs> the, uh, um, it, lot of, like, probably one of the best uh, best B-films. It's, it's so good of a B-film, it's an A-. Um, I, the, uh, it, it's I would call it an A plus. Hey, I know you, I, but I'm it it making a point about about that. It's the best yeah. of of its of its genre, no doubt. No, uh, and it was an '80s nostalgia movie that was made during the '80s. Yeah, which makes sense. Um, uh, the which makes too much sense. So, all right, <laughs> go ahead. No, you you are killing me. I love it. The uh, well, good. Well, now now we're gonna talk about um uh, talk about your movie. Um, I, so I, I definitely want to get into all the, the fun stories. Um, but we usually, um, uh, handle this, um, uh, I, in this case, I'll, I'll talk about, uh, uh Brandon and I usually talk about pre-production. Um, Brandon kind of co- covers, uh, production and then Zach definitely is the postmaster of, <laughs> of that. So, uh, so oh, I will love to hear all your horror stories. Oh, we, he's, we love he's, it. He's uh, the postmaster my, Mark. He's the, the one that gets uh, our letters to us on time. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he does. Brandon, shut up. Shut up. The, uh, <laughs> the I we know. Um, uh, neither do oh. I. But um, all right. So so let's get into um into pre production. Well, so, before that, um, tell our audience a little bit about what absolutely. Intersect is about. Um, you were telling us beforehand that it is currently in festival submissions, so it's not going to be widely available for a while. Um, but what's the basic premise behind it? So audience knows what Intersect is. Want me to take this? So Intersect essentially is a psychological thriller, um, seven minutes long, and it kind of, it's the classic, a girl, I will say a woman alone up, you know, at a, at a not isolated, but up alone at her lake house. And there's an interaction that one would think would kind of be normal. And I think what transpires after this normal interaction is where the fear and the horror um, come into play and kind of twisting the mold, um, you know, or going outside of genre conventions, at least in horror. Um, you know, it, at first it seems like, you know, just that traditional classic, you know, woman's alone at a lake house. Obviously something's about to happen. But we really yeah. wanted to stray away from that predictability of going into, um, how the characters are perceived between the two, the stranger and the main character, Quinn. Um, we really wanted to, we really wanted to emulate um, just a classic horror film. Uh, we really got our inspiration from 
the strangers, especially during the interaction. Um, but we really wanted to have those characters have a story, background, you know, like what what is the meaning of their interaction? Like what is coming of it? What is going to happen? Um, so yeah, we, we really, we, at first it does seem like, okay, it's just, you know, that predictable, she's gonna get murdered in her house and she's alone, but we really wanted to have that good twist in there. And I think that's what's, for us, we um, notice it's been lacking in a lot of horror movies, just, you know, we know every step that's gonna happen to these characters. So we really wanted to change the, the character or the audience's perception of the characters. I'm like, all right, who is really in, you know, the, who is really, yeah. um, what's the word? Changing, like, <laughs> well, beyond that as well, it's basically just a thriller kind of going off what we, I, a lot of times in horror, I will find that when you watch something, it's not necessarily, like, the, the things that make you jump or the things that make you, like, people with masks scare me to death. However, I think what a lot of times is very, very scary is just true discomfort and what, would be a quote-unquote normal situation or you know sometimes when you have to talk yourself out of oh my god like what is that guy doing outside parked in front of our house for three hours yeah. you're like you know what i mean there's just or when you meet someone and, and you just get this nerve you know so like heart pounding yeah. feeling so we kind of play off of that and want to have people enjoy kind of following the character's story it's so hard doing um, short films that I'm sure you all can relate Without to this. Without giving away what's actually it's yeah. like, oh, like, yeah. we're, learning, we're totally learning as we go, but yeah. it's also hard because the story's there, but it's seven minutes. So you really have to yeah. kind of, it's harder to kind of play with your ideas and how you want the audience to react to A, B, and C right. because you still want the suspense there. So I think it's a really um, interesting, fun, like suspenseful ride that will kind of have you waiting till the very end to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and having the having the audience's own um, ideas is really what we wanted for it to come out of. You know, when we were, um, and we'll go more into this in the post-production yeah. process, but we really wanted to hear everyone's, um, like their, their objective on it. We really wanted the objective eye to say like, all right, well, what do you think and what do you think? And I think that's how we also got our synopsis too, that we weren't originally looking for one scenario. Like it's okay, like we wanted people talking about it. So then that was our goal have everyone's different perceptions of the movie yeah absolutely that's that that's awesome the um uh you uh you speak the same language that uh, that uh that everybody over here at midwest horror um does as well especially when we're talking about our living nightmare episodes i mean the the gist of the episodes of living nightmares you haven't had a chance to take a look at them yet but when you do um they're all based on real life experiences that people have had and we put them to film yeah, we, 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 we don't embellish them or anything. Um, the most embellishing we do is like if in the original story they said I was talking to my friend, we might make up what that conversation was, but we try to stick as accurate as possible to the real life horror stories. Yeah. Oh, wow. As we as we find that often real life could be scarier than than fiction, so we pull some interesting stuff that that we've seen and we're like, you know what? That'd be that'd be cool to. To, to put to, to put the film so we we've done that i think successfully three times it, it is uh, tempting to embellish it, there, oh yeah there were those sure. couple times we were very tempted but then luckily all of us are on board with our premise and whenever one of us gets tempted to embellish somehow 
there's at least one of us that goes, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> the um, and the interesting thing is that that some of the stories that we have, you know, not necessarily that have already been produced, but the stuff that's on its way, um, uh, is it is quite horrifying all by itself without any embellishment. Um, uh, the, uh, we have a few stories that are, that are about to be pushed forward. Obviously delays have happened, but there's one in particular that I'm thinking of right now that, that is horrifying all by itself. And it's very, very, very true. Um, uh, so, you know. Wait, and actually not to go on a whole other ramp, but our, um, speaking of real, I'm like, I'm like, Oh God, what am I going to say? Hold on, hold on. Let me make you feel better for a second. We've gotten on a two hour rant about star Wars on a horror podcast. Okay, and you're good. fine. So basically oh, yeah. our landlord was over um, a while ago and I, he was talking about how he has all these different, you know, properties all over Chicago. And of course my mind immediately goes to, Oh God, like, do you ever have a really weird like tenant, you know, or what are your horror stories there? And he said that one time he had to go um, take a call. Like it wasn't his tenant, but it was a building he owned. Long story short, he had to go check out the place. Like finally, and the there was a guy there, and the smell was so bad from his place that like everyone was complaining. So he goes and he checks it out, and there was um, little kids, uh, like little girl dresses, um, hanging all over his walls, like from oh, top to ceiling. Oh my god! And he was like this old man. Is that not the creepiest thing you've ever heard in your <laughs> That's life? That's horrifying. I know. So uh, guys, I think I think we're I think we're gonna change our our, our next episode to Living Nightmares. Uh, we're gonna. We're going to have to have another conversation after this podcast, and maybe we're going to have to change some directions here. Um, uh, damn it, I know it. I know a better story when I hear one. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but things like that in the real world are so, um, so interesting to me. The uh, when we when we get off this podcast, we're going to uh, we'll share with what we're um, what we're talking about, and you'll yeah. and you'll and you'll definitely understand where where we're coming from. Well, one thing yeah. I always wonder, though, is the people that do these crazy things. Like, do they actually know they're they're crazy? Like, what is the actual going on up there? Not going in their head. Oh, I think they definitely know they're crazy. They just don't think there's anything wrong with it. Everybody, okay. everybody's the hero of their own story. Yeah, they like pedophiles or you know it's just yeah it's so interesting <laughs> to me but he he must have been trying to hide it or like you know he wouldn't have the his landlord come and pick up money from him and so finally the my landlord had to go like check it out and say give us the money sir and then what he found was so crazy sir, why do you have all these dresses in here <laughs> no yeah. reason 85 and you have like every american girl doll's dress in your like it's, hey, everyone's got their thing, right? Yeah, that, that reminds me of the, uh, there's a South Park episode that kind of spoofs um, Red Dragon and Manhunter, where there's a serial killer on the loose and everybody thinks Cartman has psychic powers and can tell who the killer is. But anyway, the guy who is the killer, the chief of police stops by his house and there's like all this like rotting bodies, there's severed hands, there are like all these pictures of women with the eyes cut out, like every red flag serial killer trope you can think of is in there. And the police chief just says to him, I see you like to cut out the eyes of pictures of women. Yeah, my son is really into that too. <laughs> Whoops. I can't yeah. that, 
the um uh yeah no we um uh, it's been uh you know so we, we got a little bit of like a creepy pasta angle um with us but you know but that's our big thing is that everything is based on real life experiences and we try very hard to be truthful to the scenarios um uh, you know out of you know of course this is you know done for entertainment value but we also out of respect for the situations that happen in real life uh we try to be as truthful to the uh to the actual premise of what happened well i can't wait to check everything out. Yeah. The absolutely, and then you know, you'll you'll definitely hear about some episodes we got coming up. So um, that's the, the that's the magic of being guests. The uh, <laughs> you can get all the weird stuff after we record that. You, 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 get, get, all the, you get all the back the background stuff. We don't want the public to know. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, there's uh, <laughs> there's no pictures behind me. Um, uh, the <laughs> the um, anyway, um, but uh, so yeah, that's that's awesome. Let's um uh, let's dive into uh, pre pro. Um, uh, the, uh, so, so out of curiosity, you know, what, uh, when you're developing it, let's just, let's just start from, obviously the script is all done and finalized. You know, where, where is both of your first steps in your process? Do you, uh, you know, obviously you were mentioning earlier in the, I think either before the podcast earlier on about how you found your DP, but do you assemble your crew first? Do you have a, you know, a group of people that, you know, um, and do you start planning? Do you also storyboard? Um, where does your journey begin after the script is done? Um, after the script, I think we, I think even during the script, we were just constantly just looking for potential actresses on, I think it was a backstage, one yeah. of the websites. And Love then, that. um, so we were just, you know, just searching through every outlet that we could to find an actress. And, um, I found actually a group on Facebook, um, just like a Chicago actors group. And I found our, uh, our, I just put a little, uh, a little blurb out there saying we're looking for an actress for a short film. Um gave him my email and I actually got a few right away. And one of them was our actress. Um, and who did we get next? We got, we found Doris. So yeah, so Doris, our DP, she kind of was, um, Christine and I hadn't really, we didn't know a lot of people um, our age or even in general in the film community, you know, in Chicago. So even meeting you all, it's fun to kind of even more so just expand the circle. And so at that point, Doris said, you know, I know and someone who can totally help us with, you know, someone who can be in our AD, you know, I can get actors, blah, blah, blah. And everyone she sent us was perfect, but everyone for the actress was just not perfect in the sense that we really had our heart set on Jennifer, who is our actress. Mm -hmm. And we just kept thinking, oh, my God, like, she's too big for us or not even she's too big, but she's also a mother and, you know, she doesn't act full time now. So it was kind of she was always on our back burner. So then we ended up, we storyboarded, um, you know, did pretty much everything. You know, we got advice from people. We met with a ton of people who told us, you're crazy. You guys don't have any money. <laughs> um, the short film world is very uh, specific and they're not going to, you know, like you to. I mean, we heard everything in the book. We, we yeah. would take people to lunch. Like, I'll, of course, I won't say any names, but we would take people that we reach out to to lunch. And there were a few kind of times that it just were a little um, odd, but again, like we took all the criticism <laughs> yeah, we were and just the advice for any advice that we and get direction, we right? And so the one thing that was consistent across the board, I would say, um, was you know get your crew together and just you know be confident and just do it because we could have been in pre-production for eight years, um, and Christine and I still to this day we look back and there's stuff that we disagree with, you know, on that we look at the film 
because even in pre-production, we would agree to things, then we would disagree. And finally, like there's a give and take there, right? When you're working with a partner, I'm sure maybe- Welcome to filmmaking. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, once we kind of decided, let's just do it and we're gonna roll with it. We had Doris as our DP and then, you know- Our saving grace. (laughs) Yeah, and then she kind of created like from a technical side, um, you know, the team there. And then literally within- It's all fell into place really from Yeah, literally within, I think like four weeks from our final making the date of the shoot, we had a couple actresses that were willing to do it. And then last minute, Jennifer said, oh, I'm actually available. And it was like, okay, done deal. We'll go, we'll do whatever day you can do. We shot it. And I think pre-production was kind of overwhelming as well when we, like looking back at it, because like I said, you could do 800 storyboards. You can do, all, yeah, every yeah. time we would do make a decision, oh, yeah. another decision would come into play that we would have to kind of redirect our last decision to make the new decision work. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. We, we, the, yeah. You're, you're preaching to the uh, the pr- people already drinking. And, the and then there comes the <laughs> hard conversation you have to have with yourself, which is exactly. we have to make it at some point. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, I think I said earlier, like there was like, like a six month gap where we just kind of didn't go back to it. <laughs> we kind of yeah, left it over the winter and then we came back. I'm like, we got, if we, we don't do it, do it now, it. we're like, never going to do yeah. it. So we just, you know, I looked on Instagram. I looked. I think I found uh, our DP Doris on a hashtag like Chicago cinematographers, yeah. and I'm like, she's perfect. She's got the aesthetic we want. Let's get her. And she was so willing. And fortunately, like Mount said, she had her own crew at DePaul um, that were more than willing also to help us. Um, so that really all. Well, fell and then into actually, place. actually, and then uh, sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. I'm like actually, actually, before I forget. Um, <laughs> but there was. Uh, hey, I found my counterpart. Yeah. <laughs> so then. Jennifer um, and her, so first of all, first really quickly back to Jennifer, actually she sent us, she like read it, read the script and sent right. us a video. And then her husband, who's also an actor, the two of them are amazing. Uh, so fun. Shout out Jennifer and David. But <laughs> then he did the, the, he did the counterpart to um, our actress. So like the, you know, other he characters. He was playing the stranger. And we were like, yeah. Yeah, like, oh my god oh my god oh my god like this is so good we need your boy yeah and so <laughs> then we needed both of them all of a sudden and yeah. thank god he was super willing and involved and then he said he knew a, an amazing audio company and so that's how we got into contact with them and i think what was really interesting and is the advice i would give to someone like myself looking back was that every if you're so transparent about what you want what your goals are like what you're willing to give what you want to give value to to your crew and so forth Mm -hmm. if you're so transparent with that um i think people really take to it and take to the authenticity of okay like we're all young filmmakers we're all out here trying we were very honest about being you know first time filmmakers and that we really didn't know what the hell we were doing but we were confident in like our story and in who we were and what we wanted to do and i think that's what attracted them to us is just like said, being confident in what we and were And we doing. were so open to collaborating. So, yeah. you know, Doris would come in and she would disagree with something Christine and I really, really wanted. And we would kind of look at it, you know, take ourselves away from it and say, okay, let's think about it. And then, you know, it was helpful in that regard as well. And I think having people that are also really passionate was something we were so lucky to, mm-hmm. you know, have. And I think like, I think Brandon, you were saying earlier, um, horror people who also have a passion for horror and like an affinity for the storytelling and the thriller and suspense as we do um they love it so we had like the best time yeah you know and even we 
like on set. You don't everyone just like, like horror. Exactly. <laughs> Love, love, love horror. So people would, we literally were changing parts of the script on set, you know, right. once we were there, um, which was kind of cool. Just, you know, everyone kind of jumped in and had a say, and it was a really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Now I guess we're into the shooting experience, but pre-production was... It was an experience. It was overwhelming, <laughs> but very, very cool. And yeah. It was a complete learning experience. And, yeah. Um, but we're so lucky. Our yeah. whole team is was so, so amazing. Yeah, it really honestly fell into place. After we met our DP and actress, everything came together more than we could have ever imagined. I mean, it was just, it was a, it was a great experience. Blessing from the film gods. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. So, so, so I'm the, so I'm the, yeah, the, uh, absolutely. So, so I know, I know Brandon and Zach both got questions for pre-pro, but um, I'm curious though, too, um, uh, you know, just, uh, just as, you know, cause we're all also about education. Um, with educating other filmmakers out there and people like you who just wanted to go out there and go do it um uh, from a financial perspective you know how did you plan accordingly are you self-financed did you have some uh, some help from the external um uh, the um, obviously midwest horror we got our way of doing things uh, financially but i'm i am curious you know about about that portion yeah. you know did you budget out and you know when uh, where were you at with that great question so <laughs> And that's the one thing that looking back being a, like where we were a couple of years from now, that was the one thing too. We just, there's no rule book. You can read every like filmmaking 101 book, you know, and so forth. And they tell you every, a thousand different ways to do it. And so we had like saved up, you know, we knew we, it was going to be kind of like a hefty, we didn't have like investors. We didn't get, you know, a loan from anyone. Um, Months yeah. Into- I'm, I'm very good actually like with, in my company, like I'm, it's like a one woman show. And so I'm good at, you know, kind of budgeting out, you know, video campaigns and so forth. So in that regard, we kind of sat down and said, this is what we might roughly be looking at and then saved up a lot, a lot, a lot. And then, um, also worked with people who one would either be willing to do it for free, but we ended up paying everyone, you know, we worked really hard to make sure that everyone felt super appreciated and, you know, no one was overlooked in that regard. Um, and, uh, you know, so it, it definitely was, um, a, it was very rough, you know, however each, you know, and then all of a sudden we, we you know, we, everyone was already kind of paid in some, you know, regard and then we get to actual, you know, shooting day and then we have to rent cars and you have to rent, you know, all these other things. And you're like, oh really my God, didn't think that about wasn't that in the budget. Yeah, so like the, <laughs> a few days before. So we're like, all right, let's, well, we got to do it. Let's make it work. So there, I would, the advice I would always say to someone is that if you, Anytime you think you're fully outlined what budget wise, what you're going to need, like double that maybe because there was so many times when something would happen and we'd have to shuffle out money, you know, for, for, you know, always have a contingency. Always. I think in one, in some sense, I mean, you know, we, we worked really, really hard to, you know, do it ourselves. And I think, um, we still spent, you know, a very, like a, we spent a large sum of money to be completely honest. You know what I mean? For, for, we, I mean, it's just. I still tell myself, I'm like, oh my god. But going back to what you're saying, but um, don't let the number discourage you. If you have to tell, if, if right. I have to tell anybody this, is just do not let the number discourage you. Do not tell, have someone tell you that you need about what twenty five thousand dollars to shoot a freaking short film. You, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, like you can. No, you do not. And we like are in no way. Uh, it wasn't like if you look. If we looked ahead. We we were like we can't afford to do that. Of course, it's a film. You have yeah. to pay. You have to pay everyone. You have to get food. You have to, right. you know, be. And this didn't happen overnight. Like 
we again we started yeah. this a year and a half before we actually shot it so we had all that time to save up money and we did we did a really good job of saving you know not going out um you know we did what and we had to course, do <laughs> of course this isn't like a martin scorsese film so there no. were things that we obviously production level wise wanted yeah you know, way better, but you have to kind of give and take, like we were saying earlier, even your own creative story and your own, you know, wants and what you want it to be. You have to kind of say, okay, realistically, if I want to get this done and just do it, like we're going to have to cut A, B, and C. And that's totally fine. But there is such a give and take in this process from a financial standpoint, from a creative standpoint, that um, we were, you know, was a real learning experience for us. Um, However, I do think that it prepared us for our next adventure and our next kind of, you know, project. Yeah. So it was really eye-opening and it was definitely a struggle. Um, no, we made it. Yeah, we made it. <laughs> the, uh, hey, hey, high five. That's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. The, um, uh, so no, no, we, trust me, when, when we say we know, we know. Um, uh, the, uh, we, we know all about uh, that, that particular portion. Um, so Brandon, you know, what do you got, brother, for, uh, for, for pre? For pre? Uh, for pre, I don't really have any questions. Most of my questions are in the uh, production and post-production areas. So, the, uh, but that... I will say with pre-production, if you don't feel overwhelmed by it, you're doing it wrong. So right. it definitely That's... sounds like you guys did it right. I can't tell you how many times I've, 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 I've talked to Brandon and, and Zach in pre-production. I was like, why am I not stressed right now? Because <laughs> I, I need yeah. to feel stressed right um... now. So I need to know, make sure everything's okay. And another recommendation I'll give is, and we do this at least two or three times uh, throughout our pre-production, is when we're all together, I'll read through the script out loud, and I'll literally, it'll be like, exterior, street, do we have a street location, yes or no? Exactly. Yes. Okay, we have it. All right. Uh, Andrea, do we have an actress for Andrea? No. Okay, make a note. We need an actress for Andrea. And so, like, we'll literally go through every word of the script and ask, do we have this or not? And I, re- I remember those meetings all too well. <laughs> the uh, I miss those meetings. Um, I, so, uh, the um, uh, Zach, hey, um, uh, you got anything for uh, Pre? I'm sure you as a director um, I might have a few things. Pretty good. The uh, we'll get into the production in a second, but uh, but yeah, no, that's uh, uh, you know the production's where things get fun. Um, uh, the um, so all right, so I, I I get to have fun in the production, and then Brand's gonna get into the technical, and Zach's gonna get into the technical. So all right, in the production, there's always great funny stories that happen, crazy things that happen. Um, uh, did you have any fun uh, crazy stories that happened during production that uh, that you'd like to? like to share or maybe any, um, any learning experiences or, you know, you go, wow, I, I really, really learned something there. Yes. <laughs> um, I would say even from, I would say, so we ended up losing like a couple walkie talkies through the process of like the first couple hours. Um, we don't know how, uh, and so we couldn't, when Christina would be like at one part of the house or if she were, when we were we were doing the last couple of scenes and Christina was sitting in a car and I was in a U-Haul like way, way down the block. Down the block. <laughs> and so we obviously couldn't communicate other than the walkie-talkie. However, Christina, for whatever reason, they didn't bring a walkie-talkie with them, the people that were in the car. So we're screaming into the walkie-talkie and it's pouring rain and we're trying so hard to like make A, B, and C work. 
And I'm like, Christina, I've got my phone on me. I'm calling her. There's no reception up where we were shooting. So I finally, we all get out of the car and we finally go over and we're like, okay, someone get in her walkie talkie. So we're <laughs> running with monitors. Like, you know, again, we had a smaller crew as well. So it was like, you know, trying to make all the um, equipment, you know, not get ruined, all the monitors, you know, and so forth, the camera. Um, while Christina are like screaming at each other, <laughs> like over. I'm in the car with our DP, our actress, our music tech, <laughs> our sound tech, and we have no communication from the gaffers, uh, nothing. So, so we're kind of just winging it. Um, and they're like directing as we're uh, we're sitting out there. And we're like, who is like, where's this? They're just rolling with the scene. So we're all dying, and we're just kind of like, all right, let's roll with it. Um, I think so. And that's where I'm. That's where I'm running across the screen. <laughs> Because I'm running to go, like, talk to them, actually. The abominable um, snowman. And the initial, the initial uh, first scene of the movie, um, again, we're, we're rookies. So they go, uh, uh, what, what's happening? We're sitting there. We're ready to call action. Oh, my God. We would forget to call action and cut, like, literally the whole time. The first scene, right it off the so bat. Like, we're, we're just meeting about half of the crew. Like, they don't know who we are. They think we're, you know that we've done this before pretty much so we're ready to do the first scene and our, our dp's ready to go they're right they're all set up and they okay right before we call action they start looking at us it's dead silent and they just they're just looking back and it's like and we're like oh my god I'm like, call yeah, I can't even. it was and they're so horrifying because we then be mad looking at each other like what yeah oh my god <laughs> um, that oh, was that's first, amazing that's the first, uh, mess up. um my favorite though is so we were, again, back to uh, our actors, Jennifer and David. Um, David uh, was actually going to come and be the stranger. Um, but, you know, life happens, they have children, and only Jennifer could come. Thank God <laughs> she's the actress. Yeah. Um, and so we did, we, we're, we're at the location, and we have no, no one to play the stranger. And we knew like, this ahead of time. Bad. So like, we just kind of, we just, you know, like, all right, whenever they get there, we'll figure out who's going to step in as the stranger. And our whole... And we didn't really think it was a big deal because we were shadowing out of space, so you really wouldn't see who it was. Um, but for some reason, well, we'd actually picked one of the, the grips to do it, and he was so willing to do it, and he was amazing. Um, shout out, Clayton. And for whatever reason, we told him, don't move your mouth. <laughs> like, don't, don't say anything. So I'm in the background feeding off the script to Jennifer. And it's just so funny in post because it's all lit up. Like you see his face, and he's just not and saying Christina, anything. Christina and Jennifer, you just actress. hear you just hear my voice yeah. in the background. And then thankfully that's when David came in and post and did the voiceover. God, I wish we had the videos of David doing it. It was so funny. And Christina, I have to give a props <laughs> to her as well because I am sort of an actress. I know. Um, who's the actor? Yes, Mark, yes, yes. Me. Yes, I was so I am so not an actress. Oh my god, but she had to like fill in for all these things and then she also had to do like the marker. And again, like we did not go to film school. We are not like we just kind of it was film school one on one. So she's like doing the marker and so forth, but she kept messing it up and then you hear everyone screaming from like the pit, you know, the pouring rain. It's take like, four. Yeah, it's take four. I'm saying take she's, like, two. Scene, three. Yeah, she's like scene two, take eight. And we're like, what is going on? <laughs> Three, but whatever. Yeah, oh my god, we have the best bloopers. Our All right, actors. real big props to your post guy. Um, <laughs> I'm sure whoever had to organize that footage, um, oh my god, Kelly, yeah, our mutual like effects guy, Mike, and then Kelly was the audio. They 
they earn like I mean Jesus Christ I would have been slope tape was another story having to like turn it upside down flip it back I'm like okay this is where my dyslexia yeah. comes in yeah <laughs> I don't know how to do it but no, it was fun it was again it was a huge learning experience and I mean it, it was, was cool it was it fun was very cool so yeah those were our little comical stories the I actually gave Zach uh, Zach some advice a while back um, uh, when it came to the whole um, action and cut and all that stuff. Uh, Zach, tell, tell him that tell him that story. Um, uh, it's and it's still advice you use today. All right. So um, I don't say action. Um, I go with a more calmer approach. I just let my actors know whenever you're ready. That's all I say, and then they can just roll whenever they're ready to go. Doesn't stress anybody out. Doesn't freak anybody out. And it's also, just a nicer way to do that. Also, I kind of like it. I don't know. It's different. I don't know. But whatever. It works for Eastwood. Yeah. And that's the, like, so it's cool. That's where the advice came from. It's a, it's a, it's an old yeah, clinic. Yeah, we didn't know what speeding was either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was it? <laughs> I said we, I, I'm embarrassed to say, but we didn't know what like speeding was either. You know, like when they're, they're like speeding, speeding. We're like, okay, cool, go. <laughs> Filming, I don't know. I feel like it now. No, I think that's like oh, all they, is it? I think so. He started saying speeding. What's that? Speed. Usually speed. it's just speed or speed. Okay. Well, there you I've go. heard people just say speed. I don't think I've ever heard someone say speeding, but usually it's yeah, just I've speed. never heard anybody say speeding. I think I, I have, but okay. they're less experienced people. <laughs> oh. Look, either way, not, the point gets across. Like I know what they're doing. Squat. Oh, no, we're definitely very inexperienced. Hey, Brandon, why don't you break it down, brother? Like, um, uh, what? how is that process supposed to go? Because even I mess it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, this would be good for someone who is, I mean, this would be good for us, but also for someone who also needs to know. <laughs> yeah, right. go for it, camera putting, boy. Putting myself into the mindset of an assistant director now, which I am Where's not. Marcus? Where's oh. Marcus? Uh, it is... AD calls sound ready. Right. <laughs> then camera ready. Um, I've been on a lot of sets where sound and camera will respectively say ready. I've also been on sets where sound ready and camera ready, sound ready and camera ready are not questions. They are statements. <laughs> um, and then after. There was the, a lot uh, of confusion with that too. I yeah, thought they were asking us. <laughs> after the readies, uh, it is roll sound. Sound speed, roll camera, camera speed, and then director calls action, or in Zach's case, whenever you're ready, or in Clint Eastwood's case, okay. <laughs> the, uh, that's actually where the, the story it's comes that from. That last part, the action part. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, that's actually where the story comes from. It's uh, Clint Eastwood, uh, back when he used to be on Rawhide, all the old directors used to, used to be on a giant bullhorn and used to yell action. He used to freak the fuck out of the horses. And it would take them two seconds to calm down. And Clint Eastwood would, would like just go over to him and be like, Hey, could you just say like go or something? Do you have to get on a giant ass bullhorn? Because it freaks the fuck out of the horses. And the director was so insulted. He's like, he's like, How dare you say say that? And then when it was his turn to start directing, he just said, I'm gonna treat actors like horses. Yeah. Um uh, the um uh, you know, just I'm just gonna walk up to him and like just tap the DP on the shoulder and say, Hey, just start, you know. And then uh, he literally he does this. He says, you know, whenever you're ready. And then when the scene's over and he, he gets what he wants, he goes, that's enough of that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 
the oh my the uh yeah it's it, it's uh it's definitely a, a big thing hey did you also have a um a an ad on your set or yeah. um okay amazing yes true true she's so, so amazing yeah. a lot of people on set too were like what they their labels you know and so forth but kind of everyone took on a lot of different roles yeah. which was yeah. Uh, yeah. we're really thankful for it you know yeah i mean we were pretty much everything everyone was everything you know we, we kept kinda, bringing people coffee and food yeah. and they were like stop we like were, we're bringing this to you like yeah. you need to go just sit there and concentrate like harder we you tried know? to be the craft service i mean i was the marker <laughs> yeah we were the runners i mean we, were, we did, everyone did a, an amazing job we did everything together it was, it was yeah, we had to make do with what we had. Hey, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I know. Like a nor a, a, in normal situations, a lot of people aren't used to you know having PAs on set. Yeah, go and bring you stuff. The yeah. um, uh, they're like you're, you're gonna bring me stuff. <laughs> For me, my first weird moment was when somebody called me sir. <laughs> I was like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were that is amazing. Trying to do things for us, like no, like we want to make sure like, you guys are all good, you know. The um, uh, how was your? Uh, we have a we have a rule at at uh, Midwest Horror. Hey, Brandon, uh, we can fuck up uh, everything, but we don't fuck up food. Crafty. Um, yeah. uh, we I say food because food which is crafty and and our catering. We did we we will we'll, you know and also too it's I'm I'm Italian so it's it's against my DNA to fuck up anything associated with food. It yeah. does get a little weird with the actual meals though because since like most of our shoots are night shoots, the only places that are open when it's time for an actual meal are pizza places. So yeah. there's been a lot of pizza for meals in our sets because of that. Yeah. The uh, yeah, because yeah, most of it's filmed at fucking night. Um, uh, the uh, so yeah, it's definitely been a, an interesting take. So yeah, before we go on to our next question, are there any last stories you want to go over? Yeah, it was just like a really fun. Yeah, overall, it was it was a so fun, fun experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone was highly <laughs> exhausted, but it was highly. very very fun. Uh, as oh yeah, it should be. <laughs> if oh, you're not yeah. exhausted by the end, like, of the shoot, you did it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you weren't exhausted, you weren't really there. Um, the, uh, the, uh, yeah, we've, uh, I'm thinking about it. Um, <laughs> the, I will uh, say though, as you do more shorts, you will get a lot better at certain things. Like oh, yeah. our first episode of living nightmares was we made the mistake of DP and director, not discussing shot list as in depth as we could have beforehand. Yeah. Um, and actually, it was yeah. I, as the DP, came up with the shot list for the director. Um, and then when it came down to start had directing the backwards. actors and get camera placements, I'm just like, right? huh. We actually, we actually uh, our, AD, our AD, we actually did it the day of shooting, like probably during shooting that we did our shot list. We went up, the, I think, a couple days before. We went over the scenes, but like, Storyline, storyboard was all being done during <laughs> during the filming, which honestly yeah, worked out. I mean, it yeah. couldn't have worked out more perfectly the way it happened. I get it just all Doris kind of fell so into place. Good. I mean, we were they, we were dealing with some professionals. <laughs> they anyone were, other they than you us. all, if you all like ever need another cinematographer, or another DP, you need to hit up Doris. She's I'm like blown away with her yeah. work. Absolutely. That's, if there's one thing. If there's one big criticism I've had with um, 
I don't know if this goes to the film community as a whole, but at least my experiences with the Chicago film community so far is I found that cinematographers don't tend to talk to other cinematographers. Like for some reason, like a lot of the cinematographers I've met view others as like competition. Whereas with me, it's just like, I love to talk to other cinematographers yeah. because one, there's only one on set. So <laughs> you have no camaraderie there on that front. But also right. it's as you move up and you do bigger, uh, bigger jobs and everything. It's like, like if I get a really big job, I want to make sure I know a cinematographer who I trust to be my second unit. Or if they need right. to do reshoots and I'm not available, I want somebody that I can trust to stick to the integrity of the vision that I was bringing to life for the director. So it's, I do feel that networking between cinematographers is a definite improvement that could happen with the film community, at least from my own experiences. Um, so yeah, that's my little mini rant for the uh, podcast. We're all, we're all in the same business. Yeah. 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 So, and I think we're not trying to hide our sneakers or hide our, our uh, criteria. We're just trying to all, and that's, that's what was our favorite part about um, our introduction to the horror and thriller communities that everyone just welcomed us with open arms. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Even the people that we reached out to at the festivals, I mean, they could have, they couldn't have been more willing to give us guidance on what to do. And just, you know, it, it was just a really cool experience. Just yeah. yeah, I have found horror filmmakers tend to be a lot more open than most others. And of course, right. that doesn't apply to everybody, but as a general on the whole. Yeah. Yeah. We're um, the fun group. <laughs> we are we, fun. We, we, oh, I mean, well, I, when, and I can definitely speak for, for Midwest Horror, we are, we're a blast. Um, uh, the, uh, not to pat our own, you know, ourselves oh, no, on the back. Um, but, the, no, well, well, we, want to, we want to be a blast because of some not so great experiences we've had and those experiences have kind of informed how we want to do things yeah, exactly. over here. We want to be the good group of people that not everybody gets. Well, and not only that, are the, the bad experiences that we've had have made us who we are, not just people and not just friends, but also, you know, creators and, uh, you know, of, of this content. Um, uh, you know, and that's, and that's been my big shtick that I talked to a lot of people about. This should be, it is a specialty business, but it shouldn't be treated that differently from any other business. There's no reason that filmmakers can't get together, maybe with some fans or people who appreciate their stuff and go have a beer afterwards. Exactly. It's not, right. it, 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 there's nothing, it's, it's not, it shouldn't be as sometimes people put it in their, you know, put in their heads this, you know, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. I'm right. an auteur. Yeah, I like to call myself. I don't think I've earned the right to even. I'll speak for myself because Madeline's more, you know, she's more privy with film and just because of her business too. I just, I don't physically think or I have earned that right to call myself that yet. But I tell Christina, I'm like, we've put in the hard work. Okay, I'm like, <laughs> give yourself a pat on the back, girl. Like, no, yeah. I just think, um, no, you're right. I mean, there's no point in having your nose up and just saying like, you know, I'm the best in the business. You know, like I have, I have no. Pr I think it's humbling to share our experience with everybody you know like mm -hmm. I mean everyone's been in this situation before that you know we're first we're starting out we didn't know really what we were doing but we did it anyways absolutely here we are yeah. Talking yeah. To you guys. <laughs> I love it I love it I love it hey um and actually speaking of that trend because this is a great transition were there any moments on set besides the uh besides the the slate um where you were very humbled of a situation uh where you go oh, wow I'm I'm I, you know it's always great to be humbled so I was just curious, is there anything that humbled you on set or are there anything that like you go, 
wow, I'm really glad I learned that or, you know, or anything like um, anything in that regard? Um, I, I mean, was... the entire thing was, but <laughs> I see there was one particular scene that we were doing. Um, the, it was a two, two scene sequence that we wanted to do the interaction with the stranger and Jennifer, our actress. And I was really, really kind of doubting that whole scene because it was supposed to be shot outside. It started raining. And um, our, our DP, Doris, completely just like, I don't know how she did this, but it, well, the lighting guys, the, the lighting, of course, the lighting guys, the grips, and the the gaffers, just put together a. Uh, they basically it? like recreated yeah, the, scene, yeah, the re original scene instead of doing it. You know, we needed it from daytime to nighttime yeah. now, so we spent a good, I mean, a good hour like trying to figure how we were going to do that once it started raining because we had to do it inside now. So we really had to recreate the moonlight, the inside, and I mean. That was probably my most favorite part of the whole experience was just watching her just transcend the inside to make it look nighttime. And I was- Are I, you I, talking, like I, I, I just wanna make sure I'm, I'm envisioning the moment you're talking about, but are you talking about the uh, blue light in the windows? Yes, mm. not, not the windows, oh. it was- um, it's, it's when- um, The camera's facing the stranger. So we're really inside in that scene. Okay, yeah. where it's completely black behind him. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right, I know the shot you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah, that was done really well. Yeah. And it was just done, especially under pressure and everything. It was, um, I think we were humbled by the whole experience for sure, but I think on the flip side or the other side of the spectrum, it's also eye-opening that you can do it. You know, we've always dreamt of doing it and granted, you know, this isn't a feature film and so forth, but we put a lot of, you know, hard work and energy into it. And I think you learn that, um, you know, like that we saw our vision come yeah. to life. And I think people we need to be more um, open. What's it like? You like cohesion, more confidence, confident, <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, we, and we, we, again, like going back to like pre-production, like the people that we met that, we were almost looking for a mentor, just, you know, some guidance, because they've had all the experience in the short film industry, um, documentaries, and some of them made a documentary, and, you know, some of them were great, some of them, again, not so great, <laughs> and just, I think that really um, humbled us, too, but also gave us the confidence to be like, all right, well, screw that, like, I'm going to do it anyways, regardless of what you say. Yeah, we were like, please, okay. <laughs> you know, you can get all the advice in the world, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, we really trusted ourselves. And knew that we could do it at the end of the day. Love it, love it, love it, love it. The um, Brandon, I know you got some some. Uh, you always have some technical prowess or some interesting stuff to ask about production. So I do, I do. I know um, you do. That's why I, <laughs> I. You got that smile on your face. So that's the reason why. And this is probably uh, the most unique question I've asked about a production so far, and that so both of you you were co-directors on this. So how did you, did, did you guys like split up any kind of directing duties or was it you kind of just acted as two halves as the whole, like it didn't really matter um, who did what, how did you handle directing actors and the other technical aspects? Like how did you use the fact that your two bodies both being a director, how did you work that out between the two of you? Really didn't have like a, a structural system going we kind of just again <laughs> winged, winged it but i think um 
I decided I've, I've actually done slating before um, on another production, so I just I think I just stepped up and said, all right, I'll be over here. You'll be behind the camera watching, and then whenever we see whoever we deem fit to say something, you know, one of us just step in and say it, and then. Yeah, like there was no um, final decision that yeah. got made without like me pulling her aside or vice versa. Yeah. So it was kind of just like if there was an issue or something that wasn't gonna flow. Yeah. We rework it, but it was pretty, you know. I'm definitely more like laid back, less. I'm, I'm more of a introvert, and she's very assertive, and you know, I, I kind of let her take the rein on something, and I trust her. And um, also Doris too. Like we always went to her for input. You know, she really knew how to recreate the shots um so we kind of all all three of us just interacted and figured out you know the route we wanted to go but yeah i mean we I we just was, leaned on yeah. each other as well yeah, like what we, just, we didn't really know kind yeah. of where you know like what we, do you think what do you think yeah, and then we just say oh, okay cool let's do that and honestly jennifer too she um she knew what she was doing like she's again she's a professional actress and she really um kind of made the scenes her own. So that was a huge help for us too, just not having to give too much direction. We didn't, um, you know, micromanaging yeah. is the worst. So we kind of let her do her thing and she was on point in almost everything. So it was really, it was an easy task to direct. In that aspect. All right. Um, and then how did you come about the location? Oh, you want to go on that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, we actually shot up at my um, aunt and uncle's lake house. And it's been my favorite spot. I mean, they've had the house since before I was born. And I was so nervous to ask them. Uh, and then they were so willing and open to let us use it. So we went up there. And there's definitely an aesthetic there in general, you know, just kind of like creepy when it's not summertime, you know, <laughs> being that it's, um, it's up in Indiana. So being that it's kind of already, you know, um, isolated. <laughs> yeah. Like Eerie. no one's there in the fall when we shot it, you know, there's already kind of this vibe there. So we immediately thought of that and kind of like manifested it because we've always been talking about doing something up there. So I really think that that all came to be after just years of us going up there and thinking, Oh my God, this would be such a cool spot to do like a creepy, very full circle. <laughs> yeah, it really was. I do think we, you know, manifested that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it kind of all came into play that way. My aunt and uncle yeah. actually live in um, Paris, or well, they live in Colorado, but they were in Paris at the time, like for the past year. So they kind of gave us full reign to just, you know, use the Make house. Make it our set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Uh, it was a really good looking location and. Um, I do feel that a lot of times the location can really make or break a short film. Um, yeah, like if there's one thing I hate is just like filming just a white wall apartment with right. like nothing in there. And in fact, that was a challenge we had to overcome in our third short film because we actually shot it in this apartment. But of course, I hate the white wall miss. So we actually had a production designer build a fake brick wall out of styrofoam to put behind the couch so it looks like a completely different location. And there are still a couple things that kind of give it away that still bother me in the short, but for the most part, um, if it wasn't for that styrofoam brick wall, I probably would have just lost my mind. The, <laughs> the only reason they bother you is because you saw the footage before I removed everything that, you know, let them know that it was our place. 
Uh, no, there are still there are still a couple little things oh. <laughs> that bother me. Um, oh my god, your makeshift brick wall. I love that. No, yeah. like, again, back to the budget. I mean, that's just yeah. It's that's like just, you just make it work. Yeah, anything. I mean, that's the other advice we would give is just if you have something and you think it's gonna work, go do it. Like you don't have to go pay a restaurant owner or a, a, any. I mean, any any property just to go shoot a movie. Like you, there is something there that you could use, and it's definitely you know easy on the wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And we were so grateful to her aunt and uncle for letting us even do that. I mean, it just, it, again, it just all, everything just came together so perfectly for us. And uh, how, how did the uh, lighting work out on the location? Because it's, it's not like you went for a super realistic look inside. It's you have these magentas, you have these very right. strong cyans. So that definitely had to take some rigging with the lights, especially with how widespread some of those colors were in some of those wider shots. Um, so what kind of, uh, care or planning did you guys do with your DP to get it lit the way that it is, especially on a location that I'm sure meant a lot to you that you didn't want anything to happen to. Right. Well, um, we kind of, again, why doors was so great is we kind of just told her the vibe. We want the aesthetic. We, yeah. you know, um, God, what is it? Not ready player one. What is the one film that we really loved the... I don't know. We basically sent her a film. I can't think of it now, but it was all of my Pinterest um, board. Like, I really loved the richness in color, and I wanted it to be very different than what I was, was seeing in short films. Or, you know, just, again, it's something stylistic-wise that we just take to and we like. So we pushed, yeah, so we kind of pushed that idea of the colors, um, and she was game for it, and then... The lighting, again, like, I'm not really sure. We just kind of said what we wanted, and then she, when I was behind, when we were behind the monitor, I would say, like, you know, we'll pull back here, we'll, you know, vice versa, and it just worked. And then ultimately, it was pretty, it was lit up very, very well, but when it really kind of was perfect in my eyes was when, in post-production, the colorist, he just was Brian, who's also amazing. He was kind of like, you should just go for it. And really, he gave us a couple options, you know, really pushing the colors. Um, so some examples of, like, neon films. Um, yeah. And, and he just said, like, if the color's already there, and if that's going to be your aesthetic, like, go for it. Because <laughs> we just couldn't, and then we kept, you know, again, I think being, this being our first film, we every little detail was so important. You know, where we just would go back and forth with the color, and I would lose sleep over, like, why did we make the blue so blue? You know yeah. what I mean? And then Christina would be like, it's fine, it's fine, yeah. like, and it's go different. with it. And, it. and we found meaning behind the colors, too, and that really yeah. developed the story for us as well. So I think it all just came together um, in that aspect. But, yeah, we didn't really have a lot of room to work with just in, the, yeah. in that one space. Um well, and the outside, the exterior was very, like, hilly. Yeah. So the poor lighting team there, so everyone is so <laughs> amazing. I, cannot, I just want to keep saying how, like, awesome everyone yeah. was. And they, it's pouring rain. Yeah, they've got all these lights. They've got, like, the U-Hauls, everything. And there's hills everywhere. So they have to, like, you know, move everything around in two seconds. And they somehow managed to just, like, make it all work. Yeah, without amazing. getting in the shot. In I mean, my opinion, just, yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah, that, that kind of bled into one of my post-production questions a little bit um, about your work with the colorist. Um, so I guess I'll kind of pick up with, um, with what your colorist brought to the film and how extreme the color is in the final film, about how extreme was the raw footage color-wise compared to 
what we see in the finished product? It was um, the blues and the magentas. Those things were all very there. I think there's um, a moment where you, there's a hint of this um, very dark green. Um, in one of the scenes, that's not very blatant, but those colors, everything was just heightened extremely much so. However, if you were to peel back all the things, sorry, there's the, kids screaming the colorist, um, if Damn you were kids. to. <laughs> If you were to peel that back, it, you, there would still be um, a very richness in color. I just think, um, I think more outside is where we really oh, went in the depth. Oh my god, yeah, outside coloring. was um, we really had to it was, like. Yeah, it was it was in the daytime. Oh yes, so we shot um, the B roll of the outside scenes. All the exterior scenes were shot completely separate from production. Like we shot them on Madeline's Canon camera. Yeah. <laughs> um, after after the fact, when everyone went home, so and we were just like again, Zach totally like sitting back, rolling his eyes, like of course they thought this, <laughs> but I we were totally like, okay, somehow they can make it look like night, I'm sure. So let's just get the shot, yeah. At least. <laughs> um, and then of course. Oh. <laughs> Like, again, we're thinking of things as we go. Like, this is yeah, not Yeah, we're, like, we're like, just get the shots, just get yeah. the shots, and we'll figure out, like, whatever. Yeah. And then. Were these the uh, opening shots you're talking about? Opening shot is I'm in the car, Madeline's filming. Yeah. <laughs> and so we just were, like, going with it, yeah. which I honestly can, it, it, I just appreciate, yeah. like, at least the yeah. effort there. The candidness of it. Yes. Um, but the shots where you see from a different perspective looking into the house. Mm -hmm. Not me saying too much versus you know look being inside the house those yeah. shots were all like outside and you can almost kind of tell i'm sure as like an <laughs> editor or like but i think for story-wise it works you know and i think yeah. that was you know most yeah. important for us but so. yeah i think that again back to color that's where we really utilized ryan's skills and making it turn the night time and he did an amazing job <laughs> so props to ryan for fixing that yes hey brandon what did you yeah. say about the grindhouse movies uh the last um, uh, last podcast. I sometimes, saw a lot of things. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't need to be good. It just needs to be by Thursday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta get it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, um, uh, that's so. a bunch of examples from the movies that he's worked on for uh, editing and coloring. And it's just amazing that some of these high production films, they're all shot in the daytime. And you really would never yeah. know. Yeah. So it's like, uh, have you ever seen the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes? Yes. So there's there's a night scene in that that they shot during the day, and they had the VFX team just completely composite out all the skies and everything and turn into night that way. Um, and then I was also recently listening to an interview with the DP of Knives Out, and there are a lot of scenes where it's like interiors, they would put hard gels in the windows. It's like four layers of gels in the window during broad daylight until it looked dark enough to pass for night. And then there are other exteriors where they would shoot both night for night and day for night and composite the two together in post-production. Like there are so many methods of making it look like nighttime in that movie that it was, it's freaking insane. It's, just, wow. it's a whole new appreciation after yeah. the what actually goes into it. I mean, the ones that do the feature films, I'm like, how? <laughs> I mean, we did this for 12 hours, like through the night. Well, and then you, you watch the Oscars and you think, oh, I just feel personally that like the directors or the actors get all the, you know, credit. 
which rightfully, like, you know, they, they don't deserve all the credit, but, you know, that's a huge part of it. However, the cinematographers, the music, like, all those things are such, um, I mean, like, you can't go without, no. you know what I'm no. saying? And I feel like they don't There is no credit. movie without the cinematographer, yeah. honestly. And so we definitely have a new appreciation yeah. for, you know, that whole part of it. Oh yeah, most Disney yep. movies wouldn't. Have, yeah, most Disney movies wouldn't exist without their visual effects team. Right. You sound a little bitter there, Zach. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the uh, this has nothing to do with Star Wars. <laughs> this has nothing to do with that, that that sci-fi movie called Star Wars. We're not going to uh, talk about it, Mark. <laughs> the uh, Zach's not allowed to talk about Star Wars or A24 films uh, during business hours. Uh, um, <laughs> the uh, we have a rule written somewhere that that's that's the case. Um, uh, but uh, dude, Zach, I'd love to hear your perspective though on production side from as coming from a director as well. I'm sure you have a, a few things. I mean, I try to run my my uh, sets as simply and as smooth as possible. I'm not overbearing or over controlling on everybody. I know everybody's Thank there you, to do the their way. part. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Everybody's there to do their part. Most people know their positions a hell of a lot better than I do. I know how to direct really well. I know how to do post-production really well. And I know how to set up for post-production very well. That's about it. So now you don't feel now you don't feel as bad and know about your situation. All you have to do is be good visionary directors, and then everybody, you know, and trust your trust your crew, and they'll do their job. And um, trust his DP when his DP slash roommate when he says we can't do this. Yeah, that's that's um, uh, unless gonna... you get me this amount of money by this time, it's not happening. The and then the executive producer says we'll get uh, we'll we'll be fine as long as the cops don't turn the corner. Um, the uh... yeah. well, actually our last two shoots we have had cops stop by and oh. they're just oh, curious. They, 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 <laughs> um, which leads me to the next question and everything else. I know I won't give away anything in the plot, but there is a shot that is not on in the cabin. Um, uh, in that particular shot, did you have a permit or um, did you get any kind of uh, you know, stuff from the city. Oh, I see those faces. Well, we, were, we were lucky that the house was so far into the neighborhood, but we actually shot that scene at like five, we six in the morning. Private, yeah, we were all on private property until it was. <laughs> and it like was, it was, scene. it was, what was it? A, I think it was a Thursday, and like everyone's leaving, going to work, or just you know leaving town. So they were like, "What the hell's going on?" Um, so we had to yeah, a like lot all of, of running back and out. forth to move some things so we can get out of the way. But no, I mean, we really. We didn't have any issues with all the neighbors came yeah. out and like wanted to like see what was going on yeah. and they like kind of just like hung out. Yeah, we spoke we spoke to some neighbors ahead of time, like look like we're shooting a movie and um and we had a plan, like if the cops came, we were like, Oh, it's just like a school project. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We gotta get yeah. it done. Yeah. Um, Back no, in the student days, that uh, student ID yeah. is your get out of jail free card yeah. nine times out of ten. We had a whole backstory just in case, but no, I mean, we were, we were, we we were under the notion um, ask for forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> and that's like how we roll. Yeah. Love it. You should Love listen it. to our yeah, Grindhouse episode there, of this podcast when it like, goes up. <laughs> that's a good way to look at things. I'm pretty sure if we didn't have those permits, we would have been screwed each time. I know yeah, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, we just know that if we didn't have them, they would ask for them. But since we had them, they didn't ask for them. They're okay. just like, oh, you guys are shooting a movie. Cool. Yeah. But since we're shooting it like, Two, three, four a.m. It's the, I think was it the was it episode two or episode three 
where it's like the cops were clearly bored and got to the point where we had to tell them we got to get three. back to work. Episode three, episode three, three. All right, so so we're so the 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 shoot is actually underneath um uh, the the red line up in up in Edgewater. And there's a, you Rogers know, Park, Mark. Rogers Park. Sorry, I keep saying that. Um, uh, th- on the left, there is literally a sidewalk. Um, I, on the left side, street, a um, a little medium with a bridge support in the middle, um, and you can hang out in that little bridge support. Then the street, then the sidewalk. Our DP director, um, one of our actresses, um, and probably I think uh, um, Jill was also in the middle there as well, are hanging out in the little medium. And a cop pulls up, uh, pulls up, and they have a conversation with each other while they're in the, uh, hanging out in this little bridge area, and they're blocking. You know, no traffic is coming, but they're just yeah. hanging out in the middle of the street, just bullshitting about about what we're up to. And then I think we we finally had to go. All right, guys, we got it. We got to get back to work. <laughs> yeah. The um, uh, the, <laughs> you guys got to like, leave, you got to leave, man. We can't have you in the shot. Uh, you know, like I appreciate you, but like, yeah, yeah. we kind of got to get out of here. I'm over here thinking to myself, like, oh, my. (laughs) Oh, man, I love that. I love the logistics of, like, when things go haywire like that. Yeah. Or not haywire, but you know what I mean? (laughs) The more you put... Oh, Zach, go ahead, please. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, there was more than enough crap that happened on that set that was not (laughs) planned for. Like, somebody dying. That did happen. Zach, why don't you tell them about it? Wait, someone (laughs) died? Yeah, so we're... we're not set on up the for set. the first, not on our yeah. set. No one's no. died on our set yet. Okay, so this is what happened. We're set up for the first shot. <clears throat> We're under the bridge. Our actress is supposed to turn the corner, walk, and then see the character who she's essentially interacting with the entire piece. I'm gonna add a little something there, Zach. So mm. we sh- the area we shot this in is literally right down the block from our apartment, and so since it was that close to us for like the two weeks leading up, we were able to do a lot of testing around the time that we would be filming. And whenever we did those tests, not a soul out. Or if there was anybody outside, it's like that one person every 10, 15 minutes. But it was just dead. Barren. Zach, you can take over now. Yeah. So we're getting ready. I call action. She turns the corner. And then followed behind her, you get a couple walking by, three cars zoom on by, and Some everybody bikes. just decides to come out of the woodwork. And it's like, where did these people come from? <laughs> it, was like, takes, it was like they waited for Zach to call action. And five takes later, a fire truck and an ambulance pulled down the block, and I see them pulling somebody out on a stretcher. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Oh, All right, well, they're my... going to be here for a while. Let's go shoot scene seven over at Giordano's. <laughs> no, no. We would try to do scene three first right outside of our apartment, but they were still flashing the lights, and it was traveling all the way to scene oh three. God. All right. That's but... when we decided to do scene seven. But let me tell you something important, and it's a piece of advice to, to both of you to prove a point. The uh, um, it, Even with that, even with that situation, Brandon and Zach, because unfortunately I was out of town for other reasons. Um, yeah. Shut up, Zach. Um, uh, the uh, in, uh, uh, well, I'll get to that inside joke uh, later. Um, uh, the uh, but but they had planned this so well, we only went 15 minutes over. Wow. On the back, yeah. on the back. We end. were an hour and a half behind because of the ambulances and everything, but we finished 15 minutes after the scheduled wrap time. 30 and, minutes. Wow. And, and the film gods gave us some stuff, uh, gave us one thing back. Uh, we were shooting a, a shot of the girl looking at her assailant, 
and the fucking wind blows perfectly. Yeah, the perfectly. way the wind is dancing with her hair that. at the exact moment she's supposed to be scared out of her mind. And I know we're not rolling sound, and I'm across the street, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, Zach, you're seeing this, right? You're seeing this, right? And he's like, yep, I see it. Brandon, are you seeing this? Because you're the one who needs to see this right now. Wow, the, uh, so awesome. So you are just very, very, like, so basically your pre-production is just so organized. And that's what helped you. It has gotten, it sure. has gotten that way. <laughs> Essentially, each episode, we become more thorough with I our pre-production. Let's go with, let's go with, yes. Um, our AD for episodes one and three. Uh, actually, episode two, uh, because of certain scheduling logistics, we'll tell you about this after we record. But essentially, we scheduled on Easter like a we, bunch of idiots. Well, we weren't idiots. It's it was our only choice with everything else that was going on. We didn't yeah. also realize it was Easter, or, you know, a religious. We didn't realize holiday. it was Easter at the time. It was, and it was also a Jewish holiday as well. So we got that and a Muslim over. holiday. Like and a, had, holy shit! Yeah, Jesus. Like every <laughs> while, while we were at it, I don't know how it happened. Like every single religion had their holiday of that time period of that i'm pretty sure it was a year. fucking full yeah. moon too yeah you uh, saw this weekend is oh we're all cool, across the street the uh all kinds of crazy shit uh but because of that we didn't have a lot of our usual crew on board or in some cases we would only have them for the first night and not nights two and three um so we had an ad on episode two who is different from our ad on episodes one and three and episode one, I will say, was probably easily the most chaotic pre-production we had because, well, the reason we wanted to do it was because it had been years since any of us had made a narrative short, and we just wanted to get back into it. Um, and then by episode three, we're, you know, doing not necessarily storyboards, but we did rehearsals with the actors, and we filmed those and kind of turned those into our storyboards. Um, but even our AD, after... Um, episode three, he had a talk with us and told us just like how much we improved and how impressed he was with how we were able to finish only 25 minutes after scheduled wrap time when we were an hour and a half behind because of circumstances way beyond our control. And so kind of going back to what I was trying to say earlier is the more shorts you make, the more you're going to learn, the yeah, better absolutely. you're going to get at certain things because you're going to know not to, because when you make a mistake, you learn how to avoid that mistake as well. And actually, do yourself a favor too. Hold on to the to, to certain memories and milestones of situations. Um, uh, you know, on our episode two was actually the first time that we got um, permits to film on the street in Chicago, yeah. and we actually got private parking um, and a whole like all, a half, half a city block of reserved parking. They actually gave us a little set. bit more than we asked. A little bit more than we we paid yeah. for. Um, and uh, we, and Brandon, do you have it? Is it still hanging up on the wall, or did you move it? It fell. It's behind the couch now. No, yet we actually still have the um, uh, the do not park tow zone um, uh, sign. Oh, that's um, cool. The uh, when we actually had to get somebody towed, um, or more specifically, <laughs> I had to get somebody towed. Um, uh, the uh, I love our uh, I love our makeup artist on there. She's like, Mark, I am I'm I, I I'm so happy you're here because I would not have the heart to do it. <laughs> and I think I turned to her. I'm like, I don't give a shit. The, um, literally in the middle of our shot. In the middle like, of our workspace. He was in the middle of our workspace. Up, it would have been fine, but it was literally because, like, we had to make the car look like it was in an the actual lane in the middle of the street. But because of logistics, we had him actually at just on 
the um, what do side you call of the road. It? side of the road. Um, but we had to make the side of the road look like the middle of the street. And there was only one specific part where that part of that area that was convincing. And of course, he had to be parked right there in the exact portion of the street we needed. Yeah, of course. The, there, was, there was another guy that who was technically parked in the area we had blocked off, but was it was far. at the very end, and literally half of his car was in, half of his car was out. So we let him be like, okay, it was we're not more like that. his nose was in, but it yeah. wasn't that big of a deal. But 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 yeah, like I was uh, like I was saying, hold on to those moments. Um, uh, because they are important. They're important milestones. Cause I, cause I certain, I, I, I don't know how Brandon felt cause we were the first ones on set, but it was, it was really fucking cool to, they, they had put it on the wrong side of the street but, and we had to rearrange it. But when we actually walked on, uh, onto our little makeshift set, um, uh, you know, and then Zach was there as well. Like, it, you know, it, it actually, it felt like a real, pro- a real production. So definitely yeah. hang on to those, those moments. I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, and I, I appreciate really... you saying that because it's yeah. so true. Like, it really... we didn't want to leave yeah. set the next morning. We had not slept in three days, but we were <laughs> just running on adrenaline. And yeah. we just, it really we were like fist bumping we and were, like chest bumping. Like, we did it. <laughs> we were so at the after uh, it all, everyone wrapped up and went home, which they're nuts. They all drove home after. I'm like, you guys need to sleep here. I'm like, how are you awake? Um, but no, I didn't really set in. They're like, okay, we're doing this until. Everyone was there, like we were ready to call action. Well, trying to call action. Yeah. <laughs> um, speed. Yeah, speed. <laughs> um, the, you can't, you can't beat those numbers. It's the small wins. <laughs> the um, uh, so and then I also. Can't... Oh, Mark, you were going to say something? No, go ahead, Brennan. Uh, I said, well, I can't think of any more questions for production. So Mark and Zach, unless you guys have anything, are I, you good to move on to post? I, or I do Mark, have. You... I, I do have one more thing. Um, I, the um, is you know, was there anything in production that you you were really worried about, um, and then it ended up it ended up working out better than you thought? Definitely the rain. <laughs> that was the main thing. Um, I don't know. I think just the overall script. I think just you know, trans trans translating the script into screen was just something that we. I think we couldn't imagine until after we saw it. Um, I'm trying to think, because there's definitely a couple of things that um, feels like a lifetime ago, but there were, de- <laughs> there were so many little things we're definitely worried about, but like yeah. we were saying before, we just kind of went into it um, and kind of exact to what you were saying as well. Like everyone had a direction from us, from, with you know, of just like to the lighting guys we are not we don't know anything about that and you know so it was like okay everyone had kind of their own lane and they really did so well in it and um we really trusted and i think they trusted us to kind of you know let them know um you picked your crew and you let them do their job essentially exactly thank you zach yeah no problem (laughs) and that's that's essentially what you're supposed to do as a director you're supposed to be the um the quality control the guidance the one who makes the river flow and all that fun stuff so yeah Yeah. like nobody you don't you don't have to know every technical thing as long as you can just go this is what i want it to look like for sure that's really all you need to know as a director Go yeah. do it. it all comes down to it. I'm so anal about things that I want to actually know everything. 
So I'm up late at night researching like the likes we're using and blah, blah, blah. And I think you have to, if you're that type of person, you have to pull back and just, you know, let be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, back to your question, I think essentially it was just, you know, worrying about the rain and that actually the rain coming out to be the most yeah, what did you pivotal about part the of rain? the movie. The uh, we have we have plenty of experience with rain. Yeah. Zach, Zach, uh, 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 say what you were gonna say too. I heard I heard you trying to chime in on that. Oh, I was thing. gonna say yeah. It just if you want to do your research in other positions, that's fine because it's also good to know the other positions. Yeah. It helps you understand what they're doing more, and then you can also communicate what you want better. So, I agree. Yeah, it's a good it's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, no, we've we've prayed prayed to the the weather gods more than once, um, uh, on certain scenarios. The uh, we've dealt with every weather, every every food. We've had a lot of fun with food allergies. Oh shit! No. <laughs> the um, like I like, think the two funniest food allergies I've seen is one can't have fruit unless it's cooked. That one I thought was interesting, and that's a hard thing. I can't imagine living with that. <laughs> and then my favorite one was vegan-ish. Oh yeah, so when we do auditions, we have this whole questionnaire that's and there's basically the logistical things of these are shoot days, are you available um for costuming, what's your shirt size, pants size, stuff like that. So it's there's all the logistical stuff. But we also have any food allergies or dietary restrictions. And when we were going through them, there was one that just said vegan-ish. Oh my god. Yeah, we, how do you respond to that? Yeah, that's we a asked. great question. <laughs> we asked. We we so, basically just treated it like vegan. Yeah, <laughs> it, that's the easiest way to go about like it. Yeah. You're vegan. <laughs> the um uh, oh by the way because you are local um uh, just as a as a FYI tip for casting um uh, the when you do start getting into higher um cast numbers when you don't just have one person you know and you guys. Uh, of course, got very lucky with with your actress, and and you kind of kind of worked out. But as you get, you have to actually host casting calls. The Annoyance Theater is fantastic. Um, what, what is it called? The, the Annoyance, Annoyance Theater. Theater. Um, uh, they're they're uh, they, right they off have, the Belmont stop uh, on the Red and Brown lines. Um, but they mm -hmm. have like all these rooms in their basement that they rent out, and it's only fifteen dollars an hour. Wow. Um, Thank so yeah, you. it's uh, so it's very cheap. Um, yeah. So if you need, that's where we host all auditions. our auditions, except yeah. the first episode, because um, we talk about not knowing better. We we hosted it in their apartment <laughs> the first episode. That was oh. weird. Um, it was very weird. So we we knew that that was it. Um, uh, that was definitely not the the best way to do it. But yeah, the Annoyance Theater. Um, they do all their stuff in the basement, and actually, every once in a while, uh, for better or for worse, um, you get you get some crossover from other auditions. Um, and you get a few other people to get to audition as well. Um, uh, the, the one thing I will say is, though, is definitely film your auditions. Yeah. Uh, uh, ab absolutely film your auditions for two reasons. One, what you see in the room is often very different from what you see on camera. Mm -hmm. And other, and other two is it's a gr it, it actually helps you later on when you're casting for other things. And that way you don't have to rehost auditions. You can just go back and look at the, the old film and say, hey, that person might be good for that. Right. Yes. Oh, I like this. Get to something else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. sure. The uh, so, um, uh, so I know Zach and Brandon are gonna be awesome in post. I know very little about post, um, except you know, like a thing observing things. Um, although nobody can be as good as Wes. Um, uh, although although if Wes handled any of our stuff, we would never get any work done. Um, <laughs> 
that that person's that person's fifty third hair is slightly off from the last scene. We're gonna have to redo this whole thing. Oh, <laughs> Zach, he, he can spot anything anywhere. Like yeah. we've watched a shot a hundred times, and it's like we're a day or no, not even a day, a few hours before releasing. Yeah, the boom mic's in the shot. Damn it! Yeah, Zach had to paint out a boom mic, uh, a shotgun mic, and a boom pole in one oh. of the shots in one of the episodes. <laughs> oh my god! And, and also the leg of our DP. Um, uh, no, it was the leg of our AD. Over eighty, sorry, not. How AD, could it be but... my leg when I was behind the camera? <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm sorry. The um, uh, yeah, the eighty. Um, uh, I remember when I saw it for the first time. Somebody observed it, and I happened to be in that same bathroom because um, I was because I was uh, um, uh, on set producer, and then I saw the leg, and I was like, "It's shorts." I was like, "Oh, thank God, it wasn't me. It was Marcus." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, uh, but yeah, Zach, Zach, Zach swears that he has he has things in certain episodes that are still. Faulty unknown to me and, Mark. And, and unknown to us. Like he's there's things he'll never tell us. Nope. Um, he's like, <laughs> really? The yeah, um, it's it drives the me moment crazy. You see it, you will never unsee it. The um, uh, Zach Zach is the keeper of secrets. Uh -huh. The um, uh, when it comes to anything post work, so that's why he's gonna lead this discussion about the post of your film. <laughs> uh, um, uh, he's so gonna ask bad. ask all the questions and uh, talk all about it. Okay, so yeah, my first question: How many things appeared in your shots that weren't supposed to be there? Like, were there any, as I like to call it, fix my fuck up situations where you had to paint somebody <laughs> out of a shot, uh, get rid of something that you didn't like? Like, besides were there any Madeline of those scenarios? Besides the Yeti, um, yeah. Besides uh, that, like, did you have any of those scenarios, and was it actually solved? Because I didn't see anything that I don't think I was supposed to see. So, we will send it to Wes after this, though. The, uh... oh, God. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. There was just one scene out that, from what I can remember, was just that the the boom mic was in the, one of the shots that we really wanted to use. But um, we actually are amazing. Uh, effects editor uh, Mike actually just lifted, can't that cropped it, but he just like lifted the screen up, lifted the shot up where yeah, was he like was able to cut thing. it. Yeah, it really was an easy fix. And but we, we like, lifted it. We're like, I know we were, was like... we were we were rewatching it after it was. Um, because that he didn't like take it out of the shot. He just yeah. like, like like cropped it right. So it wasn't yeah. like it was. There was nothing um un. There was nothing too unfeasible yeah. in regard to like. It was just more you know, like, other than un yes, un unbeknownst to us, of, like through the shot. Yeah. Like that was the worst. Unbeknownst to us, of, like how we're gonna fix it. We're just like fuck. <laughs> like that's the shot we wanted, and now it's ruined. Um, but we were actually pretty good about doing uh, multiple takes um, just to have them. Um, so we were pretty lucky just in case <laughs> something like that did happen. We could use something else. Um, yeah, can you think of anything? It was just other than it was Besides just hard with the, the yeah, just all the rain, you know, and everything. Everyone was running around and going 100 miles a minute. So yeah. there was just so many moments where we looked back and before we saw the footage, we prayed and prayed and prayed that there wasn't, you know, anything, yeah. um, you know, that we. Yeah, there might have been like a reflection of the, the lights and you know they were that was an easy fix too but yeah nothing nothing crazy the remote yeah no i expect those to happen on my side because one i'm the one who's going to have to fix them so if i say just let it go that's fine i'll fix it later but yeah i'm the only one who gets to make that call when it comes to any of our projects right. so that's it's kind so, of so liberating that... as a dp when your director is also technically the vfx supervisor yeah you almost want the editor yeah, on set with so you cool. <laughs> 
the um, no, it's very helpful. So there's a there's an old you know joke in uh, in filmmaking. You know, we'll fix it in post. Zach is the only one allowed to say we'll fix it in post. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, if anybody uh, else tries to say it, nope. Uh, We're gonna def- fix it now because otherwise I'm gonna spend the next. And a little piece of Brandon's hour. soul dies whenever anybody says we'll fix it in post. <laughs> that that is also true. The um. Uh, so like Zach, and I'm sure you feel like this. It's like there probably are things that you can fix in post, but it'll take you maybe eight years to do. So it's oh, like yeah. when people say, "Oh, it's just we'll do that in post." It's like, do you when do you want this done by? It's like the real question <laughs> that I always tell people. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. Theoretically, you can fix literally anything in post. It all depends how much time do you want to put into it. Do or you want money. to put five minutes or five years? <laughs> right. How do you think that conversation went with uh, Henry Cavill's chin for Justice League, Zach? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I, oh man. <laughs> I feel so sorry oh, for them. He, he doesn't have that chin. You gotta got get rid of that Burt that Reynolds. It wasn't the chin, um, it was the mustache. Yeah. You gotta get rid of that Burt oh, Reynolds Did, did you guys stat. know this story? No. Okay, so um... <laughs> Basically, Justice League, Zack Snyder, the director, needed to leave because, sadly, his daughter committed suicide, and so he left during post-production. And so then the studio brought in Joss Whedon to uh, complete post-production, but also do some rewrites and reshoots. And this is, of course, after the movie's already in post-production. So when you do reshoots, you got to bring actors back. Uh, when they brought actors back, Henry Cavill, their Superman, was filming Mission Impossible Fallout at the time. Oh. And for the Mission Impossible movie, he had a mustache grown for his character. And he was contractually <laughs> obligated to keep the mustache. So they shot his reshot Superman scenes with the mustache, and the VFX people had to give him a completely new face to get rid of the mustache. There Ironically, is... Gillette actually had a cross-promotion with Justice League, so there is like an actual razor kit with Superman's face on it, and it's like, oh, the irony is not lost on me. Yeah. There is footage somewhere... It's horrifying. ...with Superman with a porn stash on. Um, I, the that exists somewhere, um, and I also yeah. find it ironic that Josh Whedon was come uh, came in to do uh, to do direct um, a Justice League movie, which is uh, uh, very ironic for all the nerds out there. Um, Would well, not have been my choice. It took the editing guys to like fix the mustache situation. Zach, a while. <laughs> the um, <laughs> so, a while. Right. Um, there is some technology out there that can do these things or at least get a baseline set up pretty well so it'll make your time more efficiently. But knowing what I have to work with, I, j- I just have After Effects and Mocha. That would take me weeks, if not maybe a couple months to do. Right. And also a lot of money because I'm not doing that for free. <laughs> right. Essentially, yeah. what should have been a you pay for a razor and there the problem solved ended up costing a VFX company I don't know a couple thousand to a million something dollars. Right. You got, yeah. Got to got to love Hollywood for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I and I'm just laughing like thinking about our editing process. It basically boils down to me coming coming over um, uh, along with David and we sit in the other room and watch movies until Zach says, "Hey, it's time for another cut." And we go in there and we watch it. And every once in a while, we'll we'll hear. 
we're here, you know, vulgarity coming from the other room. It's a, it's a son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, uh, you know, especially, especially if we, if we catch something too, you know, with the, with the, uh, with the video, he's like, Oh, all right. Go watch a movie. I'll yeah. I'll call you guys in whenever when I'm ready. I won't say the episode, but there was one little thing that I caught the night before release that we did not tell you about, Mark. It, this secret dies with me and Zach. Brandon, sure. it never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. I already exactly. know what you're talking about. The uh, I already know what you're talking about. So, no, but I don't. will never share it. <laughs> the um, uh, even if I did share it, Zach would never admit it. So it's fine. The um. Uh, <laughs> it's fine the um uh, but it's always an interesting interesting process but i recommend you know what you know so funny though i do recommend though how how we do it because every cut that we have you know we're there to go and see it so we 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 literally wait until the cuts are done and then we walk in the room zach leaves the room because he needs a break um but he also he's also tired of seeing the same footage brandon and i give new eyes to it we'll take we'll take a look look at different performances different cuts and then, and then we'll say, Hey, this is what we think. And then we leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, and it's been a pretty successful process thus until this point. Yeah, exactly. But as an editor to get feedback, but also you want, like, yeah. you want to be able to do it and have eyes not yeah. on top of you. Which was not yeah. the yeah. case for us. We were there the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, uh, um, I'm not a big fan of having people watch me edit. I can do it, but it does get annoying. It's just like, this is kind of weird. Just yeah. go away. I'll call you when it's ready. But, uh, <laughs> it's it's also part of the reasons why I like being director and editor. Because one, I could separate myself from the footage. It's like, okay, this makes sense. This makes sense. Get rid of this. This is stupid. Plus, I have four other guys to give me feedback. Um, but yeah, I don't have to worry about somebody hovering over my shoulder. Just be like, do this, do that, do this, do that. So... Yeah, it's being certainly, it's post and director is really nice. Oh yeah, the um. So, uh, what what are the questions do you have? Our uh, comments, concerns about post, Zach. So, how did you guys get your audio set up? Because your audio sounded really good, and all the sound effects were really spot on. Dang, so. Zach, you took my question. Oh, I, I mean, here's the thing: there's a lot of short films or indie films you see, and the audio is the thing that usually kills the film because yeah. it's like nobody took the care to put into it, but. No, the care was put into this, and it yeah, it sounded I, great. I know a few feature films that they don't have that either. Uh huh. Again, going going into this, we were like, we got watching just uh, multiple short films that even have won awards, and we're like, the audio is is shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're like, how? Um, so I think we kind of made a pact saying like, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this right, and. And audio we really didn't be. know like what direction to go in and finding the audio people. So and again, they fell into our lap. And they're called uh, their company's called Mind Exchange Music. It's uh, Donnie Don, and Kelly yes. are the best. Kelly and Kelly was our, our sound tech on set, and then Donnie was um, music designer. composer yeah. and sound designer as well as Kelly. Um, well, and what was so good with them is that they were so. When I say like a collaborative experience, yeah. that we the. We, every, we, they were so um, passionate about um, what the story needed to be and what needed to yeah. be there for the story, even above like our final decisions, which it was almost, um, I don't want to say combative because we are so obsessed with them, but we really enjoyed the way that they kind of didn't just take what we said and said, okay, they want this, so we'll do it. Yeah. They kind of said, okay, well, we have a different thought process on it, and for the story, I think a b and c needs to be there and let's really talk about it 
you know, mm-hmm. everything from the psychology of the character at like every single yeah. step. They went very in depth of how to of recreate how the, the music, music and, and the go sound. with the characters, uh, the characters' characteristics, like their what matches the personality, what matches the, the theme of the scene. Um, and mind you, they have so much experience from doing this. So they were. And like, so Donnie actually did um, Foley. Is it called? Right. So we got yeah. to watch him a yeah. little bit in post, which is super was really creative cool with Foley. Yeah. Um, and he would, you know, kind of like recreate, even from, um, we would send him over. We really liked Amika. Have you ever seen, uh, Scarlett Johansson's in it? Under uh, the skin. Under the skin. The, so our, our colors oh, yes. actually yes. Yes. introduced yes. us to this, the score from Under the Skin from Mika Levi, Mika Levi, Mika Levi. Mika Levi. Mika Levi. That, that's the one where she's, uh, getting guys to get in the same car, car as her, right? Oh, yes, I think yes. so. She wears like a she's, so it, she's so like an extraterrestrial. Um, yeah, he kind of we would listen while we were while we were editing, and he, he was like he right would, off the bag. Oh, this would be perfect for this. So he <laughs> would just play that soundtrack over and over yeah. again, and then we would kind of like take other beats or yeah. beat, like things we really really wanted in the different moments. Mm-hmm. And then when we were with um, Donnie and Donnie and Kelly. Uh, they kind of just took what we gave, but then brought it to a level we couldn't even even have imagined. Yeah. And then also the song. There's a song used in the beginning, um, within the first like. I think it's the it's the first it's the opening scene. The song we yeah. use. They and, have already so pre-recorded. The song is, uh, you know, like the lyrics in it also tailored to the story. So everything is so intricate and so thought out that, um, it they're great. They are so I cannot say anything yeah. but wow 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 yeah but back to the score i mean she the mika levy like we were ready to call her up and beg her to <laughs> use her uh, score from under the skin for our movie i mean it was just that like spot we like to try ours. to go bigger go <laughs> but uh no More. daddy and kelly just recreated it i mean uh, perfection to what we wanted i mean it's, and we really appreciate you all saying your kind you know yeah feedback about the film so this is really exciting yeah, it's you wouldn't know that you were first time filmmakers with the quality of it. And no. if it, you were to compare especially, your... especially with um not just in the horror genre, but I feel like a lot of new movies and short films and feature films these days are just overlong references to other movies. Um it really took a lot of guts to make something that isn't just one big reference to up to previous work. Even though there are clear influences, it's not like, oh, we took this from this movie. Right. Um, it felt like an original work, and I really liked that about it. Oh, my God. Yeah. You just, like, made my week, Brandon. Well, yeah. the, well, there's, well there's a difference between homage and ripoff. Um, uh, the, uh, always. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, but the one thing I will say is, you know what this reminds me of a, a lot is actually, um, <laughs> you're going to laugh when I say this, but it reminds me of Caddyshack. Um, which I'm a big, massive fan of. And Brandon is giving me a crazy look, but I'll tell you the reason why. That was, I know, Zach kind of knows where I'm going. Um, that was Harold Ramis's first directorial debut. And, and uh, it was. Um, he didn't direct Animal House. Um, uh, he just wrote it. Um, what about so Stripes? That was after. Um, uh, the, um, uh, the uh, Stripes was after. The uh, but it, but the the biggest thing is is that with um uh, and he did Brand- not direct stripes. Oh well, that's even well, that's even <laughs> so, better than there we go. Oh um, uh, my! So but 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 the biggest thing is it, 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 
with 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 directing uh, with him, he had a very clear vision. Him um, uh, him and uh, Doug had a very clear vision about how they wanted to show this film, and they really had a passion towards it. Um, they really wanted to tell these these great stories about you know about them growing up. It was a lot about them growing up and and working at country clubs and golf courses and things like that. They had a passion for comedy. They had a passion for this. And what the producers did was they surrounded themselves with professionals, um, uh, you know, surrounded them with an amazing DP, an amazing composer for uh, for this, and a lot of amazing talent around it. And that's what happened here. Um, you get you get people that that uh, that don't have as much experience, but but have a clear passion and raw talent that is un uh, that is untapped just yet. And I can't wait to see what happens next. Um, uh, it's like this, 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 this like first. Now. It's, like the first it's like the first episode of a. It's like watching the first episode of Breaking Bad. You're like, there's some good shit here. Um, uh, the um, uh, you know, so maybe a little. Bit. Love the reference. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe a little bit, but you know. We it, love you all. Oh my god. It, it's it's really it's, it's raw un, untapped talent that that hasn't that hasn't quite um, been fully tested, but your first debut was exactly what it was supposed to be. Um, you surrounded yourself with professionals. You had a very strong and clear vision and it came out um, and that, and you did the best thing you knew. And yes, um, uh, if people, you know, don't watch this podcast and you don't tell them um, you can just like the whole thing with the Yeti, you can definitely get away with, yeah, we've done this before. Um, uh, you know, we've definitely done this before. The, um, <laughs> The, the the I find the stories that you tell that you're telling very endearing um, about about not the, the the slate stories and not quite knowing what you're to do because none of that you know I find I find it funny but none of that shows up in the final product um, uh, you you not only are you, do you have like I said that raw talent but you strategically placed yourself around the best possible people you can uh, place yourself around which i truly believe that i've done with those gentlemen over there and that's what this is all about any shortcomings that you have go find somebody that that does it better than you um uh, you know then that's what a leader does that, that's what a director does do it, do it yeah do what you do best and delegate the rest mm-hmm. love it yes so yeah we so appreciate you all and you know I really, really appreciate that. So thank you so much. Of course, Zach, you got you got anything for the for post? I, I know. You- I was gonna say just to add on to that. If you compare your, this is your first film as filmmakers. If you compare your first to all of our first, <laughs> night and day. Yeah, night and day. My first is in a vault somewhere that will never be seen by human civilization. <laughs> we will find it. <laughs> no, you won't. Shut up, Brandon. Away. <laughs> oh my God, hey. Zach. You That's got to debut where you yeah, started. You got to respect from. the come up. And, right? I don't know. Oh, don't get me wrong. I do. I go back and I watch all my work just because I like to see the progress of where I started to where I am now. But that doesn't mean I have to let anybody else see it. Right. Oh, there's, there's some <laughs> That is for me and me alone. It's so, it's so inspiring for and influential to filmmakers or newcomers like us because we hardly see – it's just, it's so, it's even talking to you yeah. all, it's so um, refreshing because I think, especially, I think in any industry, there's, if, you know, people can be pretentious or have a certain right. air about A, B, and C, but at the end of the day, we all really have a love for, you know, film and, uh, you know, people just need to be more, like, transparent. Right. You know, we're, we're, all, we're all doing the same thing here. I mean, there's, every, everyone has a story, everyone, 
everyone started at the bottom at some point. I don't care what yeah, they yeah. say, and it's just absolutely. Um, it's just I think again, more filmmakers need to, and people in general just need to talk more about where they came from, how they started. Um, just for newcomers like us, you know, we want to know your story too. You know, it's just it's again, it's humbling and yeah, it's, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, me, I started off in high school, actually not even high school, eighth grade. I got a camera that I was going to use for a field trip. Met up by my buddies. Let's film something. Okay. Oh my god, we thought this was good. <laughs> the there's there's some movies that Back I filmed when with. Zach was making his VFX with Microsoft Paint. Oh yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> I started off with paint. The um uh, the the one thing I will say too is oh yeah, and there's some there's some movies that I made in um. Uh, uh, back in middle school, that will never see the light of day, and thank God that they've been deleted from YouTube. Um, uh, the um, uh, you know, and there's some movies that those two, those two guys have seen that they'll never let me forget. Um, uh, the, no, uh, they've seen they've seen they've seen me at the top of my game, and then they've seen the, you know what they've seen a situation where 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 it doesn't matter how well I acted, it would have it just would have turned out bad. <laughs> I. You know what? It's always nice to be to be pulled aside and say, "Yeah, you were the only reason why that was even remotely enjoyable." Um, there were the only two, like, yeah, remotely enjoyable for that situation. Um, uh, but you know, the, between the three of you, yeah, it's like oh, so awesome. You know what? And the, and the one thing I would say is, and I've said this a lot, and if you go back when this actually does post. And you listen to it again, you you'll catch a lot of times where I tell Brandon or Zach, said, doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that <laughs> yeah. sound familiar? So it's it's so it's so just so you know, you're 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 heading in the right direction because we're on the same direction. Um, uh, the um, uh, yeah, you're and you're you're right there. You're right there. You're exactly where you need to be. Um, uh, need to be heading. So um, it's definitely the right moves. Um, it really is, um, uh, because we do the same shit and we have the same attitude towards it. And that's why I've thoroughly enjoyed this podcast because you think the oh, same that, that we think. This has been the so, longest I've talked to someone in like maybe like nine months. You were like the first new faces that I've seen I in know, the last this is three so months. <laughs> oh I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. So, um, uh, uh, gentlemen, um, do you have any anything else on uh, on post? Um, Zach, do you have anything on post before? Um, I get to my little, uh, my little thing. I'm trying to think. No, I can't think of anything else. So visual effects, editing, color. Yeah. Yeah. Audio. Yeah. That's just about everything I could think of. B-Man. I don't have anything for post. Mark, what's the next thing you're going to bring up? Because I'm wondering if the next thing I have to say should go first or if yours should go first. It, sh it should definitely be yours because it's, it's question of the podcast. Question of the podcast. Okay. So I'm going first. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, now that your film is going through festival submissions, um, I guess I do have a little bit of advice for there, for that. And it's um, just for like criticisms in general, festival submissions, when people do start to see your movies, um, even if somebody, like a critic, tries to make something personal or another filmmaker tries to make something personal, never take any of that stuff personally um because different people will see different things in your film and give you negative feedback that has nothing to do with the actual film so there is a lot of crap that you just have to look past and 
be able to separate the good critiques from the bad critiques, what's actually helpful, what isn't, if a festival does or doesn't pick up your film, because you never know what those festivals are looking for. You never know what their time constraints are that they have to deal with. Um, literally like applying for college all yeah. over again yeah like <laughs> your your film is seven minutes long and it may come down to well we have this block to fill we only have six minutes left there's an inferior six minute film and an and a superior seven minute film but we have to go with the six minute one because it fits the time constraint we have stuff like that happens all the time um people criticize people criticize films for weird reasons that you would never think yeah. um like i experienced that myself with our last episode of living nightmares where it's like there are a lot of people saying that I, there are a lot of comments i saw that was like oh it's not that stylistic but it's like we're going for realism so we can't really have like zoom camera and all this so it's like you never know if an audience or anybody will take what your intentions are um, so really at the end of the day, it's if, as long as you know that you did everything you could to bring your vision to the screen at the end of the day, that's better than any award or anything that you can get because how many people actually start doing something and how many actually finish it and you guys actually finished it. And that's yeah. something that should be uh, celebrated no matter what happens. Yeah, you, you <laughs> Hopefully you guys win some awards. You, you, yeah. you, you did it. And, and also, Zach, uh, Zach will definitely back me up on this and Brandon a little bit. Um, uh, not only is there time constraints, uh, there's always politics and yeah. genres, involvements, and, you know, and, and somebody saying, well, we already have one of those. Mm. We need another one of these. Um, uh, so there's a plenty of that going on, too. So, yeah. uh, so, so don't so don't take that. It, don't take that in either. Just let that, you know, different folks, different strokes, screen door, let it go. The um, uh, but I will say though, if any place that you can have it screened, um, uh, you know, is always awesome. Uh, and then also, if you can go, go oh, to yeah. as yeah. go to even if you don't get picked up for them, try to go there and you meet a bunch of people. But you know, if you go back and look at our podcast, like there's a bunch of people we interviewed that we never would have met had we not gone to some of these horror conventions, some of these other uh, other fests. A lot of these things that we would have never, we would have never met. We would have never met Rob um, if you guys didn't go to New Jersey. Yeah, yeah um, like, that's probably the biggest thing I could say. The horror conventions are are great for just networking. Oh yeah, we never would have met James without the horror convention too. We and never I, would have met a lot of people without those horror conventions. So yeah, was, horror conventions and film festivals are absolutely one of the best places to go. Yeah. Awesome! Yeah, so excited. I mean, once quarantine is over and yeah, you know everything we and every all the festivals are back. You know, the um, whether we get in or not, we're gonna attend some festivals just to network. Because, like you said, like the community is yeah, just to meet people like you all and that we can like talk to is is so fun. Network as much as we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Flashback weekend, which I don't know if that's being pushed back yet or not, but. I know it's original dates this year. We're going to be last, last weekend of July. Last weekend of uh, July. That's, week um, August. that's a really fun one. That's not a film up. festival. That's an actual horror convention um, right outside Chicago in one of the suburbs, I think. That's a really fun one to go to. Yeah, well, right. um, there was another date or there was something else you told us about that I wanted to think about. But like any dates or events, um, 
you know, in the area you can think of. Uh, yeah, we would, we love, would love to, to attend or maybe virtually attend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a quick note right now. So flashback weekend is still happening, supposedly, right. uh, July 31st through August 2nd. And, um, yeah, the Green Goblin skull from Maximum Overdrive is going to be there with the what? truck. <laughs> yeah, just just quick side note. Uh, please what? don't let this uh, quarantine oh, cancel this man. event. Yeah. Uh, for, Dude, uh, but but that, that's just a side note. That's just a side note. Zach, did you guys get the meme I sent you guys last night? Yes, we did. Yes, like, yes, what yes, else yes. can go wrong this year, yeah. June 2020? And then there's a picture of the Maximum Overdrive truck. You so, were wrong okay. by a month. <laughs> All right, so so two two things before I get to the to the uh, to this. Um, uh, the actually uh, three things real quick. Um, uh, the one, um, there is a professional wrestler that looks an awful lot like me. So this is the reason why I wasn't involved in the pre-production for uh, the, the reason why I wasn't involved in the pre-production for episode three is because I got a brand new job and I had to go down to Dallas for training. Um, somehow one of our good friends found a video of, <laughs> uh, of this particular wrestler and, and then posted it to all of our social medias and said, oh, this is what Mark's really doing. <laughs> um, uh, so so, every, so I, I don't know this guy's name, but I, um, uh, but I will uh, um, I found the video earlier. I don't I, I don't remember the guy's name. The um uh, the um Brandon Brandon will have to find it and or I'll find yeah. it and I'll send it to you. Um Zach, I'm just gonna say, uh, in addition to the Green Goblin head from Maximum Overdrive, they also have the Phantasm car and Christine this year. <laughs> yeah, what? but the Green Goblin one is definitely the most important one of all those for all, all right. particular reasons. Now now let's lead me to the to the to uh, to the second point. Uh, we talk about Maximum Overdrive a lot. Actually, more specifically, we talk about we the trailer. We'll talk about the trailer of Maximum Overdrive because Stephen King it, it narrates a huge portion of it, and you see him, and he yep. is clearly high out of his fucking mind on cocaine. <laughs> the um, uh, and actually, um, Brandon, if you want to share the documentary uh, that you that you funded, which is a documentary that you rep uh, that you uh, recommend quite a bit. What's the name? Not of that? only do I recommend it, my name's in the credits as a Kickstarter <laughs> backer. You, um, there's a four hour documentary about 1980s horror movie is called in search of darkness it's which really good is really good very very good documentary it is very comprehensive um goes through every year from 1980 but, all yep. the way to 89 uh but the year they get to maximum overdrive uh the first <laughs> person talking about it is brian usna who's probably most famous for producing reanimator and from beyond but he also directed return of the living dead return of the living dead 3 and one of my favorites society, society which mark will talk about momentarily but basically <laughs> the first thing he has to say about maximum overdrive is this is what it looks like when a movie when the making of a movie is fueled entirely by 80s cocaine <laughs> Steven, he has admitted several times that he doesn't remember parts of filming that movie. He directed, it was his first, I think it was his directorial debut. First and uh, only. First and, first and only. only. directorial debut. There's portions he well, doesn't remember because he, because he was so high on coke that oh. he doesn't remember portions of filming oh. um, this particular documentary or this particular film. So it, it, it's it, it's one of those things we often talk about. Um, uh, we also talk about American Psycho a lot because Zach 
initially said he hated that film, and then he and then we found out he, he hates it. He won't admit he loves it. He loves it. The uh, Zach, do, do you need to return some videotapes? <sighs> you Zach, know what? You are such a closeted American psycho. <laughs> it's not even funny. Do Do you like Huey Lewis in the news, Zach? Um, no. have you seen the, that movie, American Psycho, with Christian Bale? If you have not, please see it. It's on your list to do. Right after, right what? after, you, you've seen American Psycho, right? Yes, sure. we've seen it. Yeah. Okay, that's, good. I want to make sure. Yeah, it is absolute <laughs> best. The um, it is it is truly amazing, and I I'll never hear hip to be square uh, the same way right. ever again. Oh um, I, the and I'm a, and I was a Huey <laughs> Lewis fan before. I had yeah. <laughs> I I was a Huey Lewis fan before that. I still am. Um, I was a fan from Back to the Future, but uh, it it definitely made me even more of a fan. Um, uh, so. So Brian Huesner directed a movie called Society. Um, Brandon is responsible for my introduction to Society. It is a basically the the horror equivalent of Two Girls One Cup. You <laughs> you show it to your friends to watch their reactions of this movie. Oh, this is about a secret society of rich people. Uh, or that just rich people are just rich people that literally suck the life out of other of, out of human beings out of poor people and when i mean suck the life out of them means they literally transform into some type of uh, um, blob and then absorb them um uh, absorb them it is an experience like no other um and it, 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 it is highly sexualized um, uh, the there is there is uh, there is a lot of uh, a lot of incest. Don't spoil too much. A, a lot of stuff. <laughs> Zach, society is a movie. Where it doesn't matter how much you. Describe. Oh, I can describe it for days, and and you you if need you've to never see it. seen it. You your mind can't comprehend what's being explained to you. The best way I could say you should go through this movie is one of you should watch it and then show it to the other. Whoever likes the gore more, you watch it first and then show it. To, yeah, show it to your sister. <laughs> don't show it to your sister you she'll never speak to you again never speak to you again the, okay okay either she'll never speak to you again or she'll become your new best friend no she'll hate me the bills i'm gonna watch this like right after we get off the phone um uh just prepare yourself um oh, and then, yeah and then I need you to go and go oh, to epi yeah. and then after that I need you to go to episode two of the nightmares podcast but the body horror one I go on about a 10-minute rant about it, um, and you will appreciate my rant once you've watched the film. Okay. Uh, um, uh, but it, 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 there's um, – because I actually didn't see the, the whole movie when I first saw it. I saw the last 15 minutes. In on me. And, <laughs> and that literally is that, – that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like walking in on somebody that shouldn't be watching something. Um, uh, I'm like, oh my god, what are you watching? The, <laughs> the um, uh, it, 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 I call it the holy fuck scene. Um, uh, the you know, my, the, the because <laughs> not only it is is it uh, fig figuratively the holy fuck scene, it is literally the holy fuck scene. <laughs> it is a is a giant PSA to not attend orgies. Um, uh, the uh, don't do it. It's not good for you. <laughs> There is a behind-the-scenes story that I love to tell, but it'll make more sense once you see the movie. But during the shunting scene, it was filmed over the course of three days, I think. 
uh, the director, Brian Usna, taped a sign on the door to the soundstage they were filming on that said, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Oh my God. All the visual effects were done by a man named Screaming, Screaming Man George. George. The, wow. uh, oh my. Yep, yes, he did. That man um, is a genius. And, and then the second time I saw it was actually at the music box, and we actually met Brian Usna. Yep. <laughs> and I am so fucking shocked at how normal that guy is. Oh, really? oh it, it's always the normal one. Super fucking, and it really, like, super nice. Like, we walked up, he's like, like, hey, guys, like, hey, everybody, did you like the film? And, like, we're telling stories. He's like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming and seeing my film. I really appreciate it. Like Again, just like that doesn't surprise me at all. It's so it was it was just hilarious. Like I get it. Like I understand it. But like oh, he's gonna show the DVD cover. This is side. Brandon, is that we, well? Christine and I are looking it up. Brandon. Oh, this is recent. I thought I thought this was like back in no, the eighties. No, it is. No, it is. It's eighty. It's eighty nine. Oh. Released in Europe in eighty nine. Released in America in ninety two. Oh, here's here's the DVD but, cover. Uh, when we did see Brian Usna. He, it's really hard to see on camera, but he was kind enough to autograph my Blu-ray copy of Society. Oh that, my God, we're looking up. This, this is, That's this so is cool, what. Uh, wait, we just looked it up. What in the world? This is what I see. <laughs> you need to see it. What? Don't don't do anything more. Don't do anything more. You need you need you to already watch know it. too much. You already know too much. Go. Watch it after this. You need to watch it, and then, and then after that, I need you. I really do need you to go and watch the body horror version because we do talk about it in decent depth. Go watch that thing, and then message us back and and tell us if you if you relate to what my experience okay. of the situation. I, I have a feeling, just based on talking to the two of you over these last two and a half, three hours, I'm gonna guess Madeline is gonna be more like me. And Christina's gonna be more like Mark. Probably. That would be that, that would definitely be my guess. You know what though? The, I will tell you this though, seeing it at the music box was great because I actually well Brandon had great had a great experience and great scenes. I had the but, best scene in the house. But I was but I was next to a dear friend of mine, um uh, Vinny, who's on our last podcast. Um I've known him for better half of a decade. And and he and he was the only person who had seen society previous to branding mentioning it i i didn't even hear about this film and sold it so he already knew about it but he knows that this he him and brandon think the same way it's on knowing it's scary how similar we are actually yeah. it, it's scary how similar they are and it's scary how much brandon and i think the same thoughts um uh, the um uh, I, I i i yeah i got you but we actually sat down and we were watching everybody in the audience and, and he said he said hey dude like like you like let's see if we could figure out who's the person that's already seen it and who's the person that invited the person to see it yeah. uh, and we saw like a bunch of like like regular soccer moms like just just like being brought in by a bunch of their friends and i'm like they have no idea what they're in for at all you're like making that face like oh, oh my god i cannot wait to watch this all, right, all right zach, zach you got to tell the west story real quick all right so and then first the first time I saw it, it was with my buddy Wes, and we we came over to Brandon's for Halloween, and we're just like, all right, let's watch a movie. Uh, pick one out. We don't give a damn. Um, all right, cool. <laughs> You're such a son of a bitch, Brandon. <laughs> and hey, they, they told me pick anything. All right, so we're watching it, and it, it's like 
10 minutes into the film, the brother's walking around. It's the middle of the night, the mansion or whatever. His sister catches him and she's staring at him. And then Wes comes out of nowhere and he's just like, yo, she's giving him the fuck me eyes. <laughs> like, like the legit, like Nala from the Lion King fuck me eyes. Oh, oh. <laughs> the and, <laughs> as, oh as the movie progresses, Wes just <laughs> continues to get more and more just like, yo, this shit is not cool. What the <laughs> fuck is happening? This, the family wants to fuck each other. What the fuck? It's like being trapped in a roller coaster that you don't want to be on. Yeah. Oh my God. And then this it gets to the. So I'm sleeping in there watching. <laughs> yeah, I know. It gets to the final bit and he just completely loses his fucking mind. And it's the greatest thing in the world, which is why I am going to say if you really want the greatest experience, Madeline, watch it first alone. Then bring Christine and bring your sister to have the proper Wes experience. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, it will God. be hysterical. <laughs> like, 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 like I said, it's the horror equivalent of Two Girls, One Cup. It is exactly that. It's designed to show to your friends and watch and them I freak the fuck the out. Designed I to love torture your friends. <laughs> the um, uh, torture your friends. You know, and, and like, and Brandon has, you know, Brandon has gotten... Like society was was is great for what it is. Night of the Creeps is is great. He only lost he only lost me on Terror Vision. That's the only film he ever oh. lost me on. Dude, you yeah. I'm sorry, man. You're not gonna win that one. <laughs> nope. I'm not the only one that likes it. Like nearly every guest we've met who has seen Terror Vision is on my side. Oh, uh, it's it's a really bad '80s horror movie. The um, uh, but uh, but yeah, those are the movies that we talk about. Oh, and then also too, if you talk, I wanted to bring this up. If you if you get a chance, go and watch. Uh, we have a guy named James Azera on Ezreal. Sorry, uh, sorry, James. Um, <laughs> uh, the um, uh, he has uh, he has a non for profit that he actually collects and uh, collects and in some cases restores old movie props, costumes. Um, he's a he's a he's a conserv uh, conservated um, kind of guy. He does that. Um, and he has a, um, a a whole story about um, about human centipede um, uh, that is on our Facebook. If you want to catch it, no pun intended. Wait, yeah, where can I find it? Where can I find the story? Um, so, um, well, I'll I'll become friends with you on Facebook and send you the actual clip. Okay. Um, and then I'll also send you some pictures that I'm involved with concerning. <laughs> His organization. <laughs> I just oh. want to point out when he saw the prop, he he jumped in. He's like, "I want to do it." Me and David have fun. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, I know we, where that thing has been. I don't want. Nope. My, a, a, we have had a blast over the last year and a half. <laughs> the, we've had more good times than not. The um. Uh, so um. Uh, you know. So actually, that leads me into my. Um, uh, question of the podcast. Um, uh, so every episode I do a question of the podcast, um, and that's usually where we wrap it up. Um, uh, the wrap it up on this. So, but I think this is so fitting. Um, what's what is a memory that you have? Um, and it doesn't have to necessarily. It could be from any film shoots. You know, any film shoot that you've ever been a part of. Um, uh, when you had a, a moment of of clarity that you were on a film set, and you went and, and you had an emotional moment. You went, holy shit. Like I'm actually involved in, in in something. Like I'm actually involved in filmmaking. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm kind of doing what I've always wanted to do, which is be involved in the process of making making a film. 
you know, when, when was that first time when you realized that, holy shit, I'm involved in making a film? Um, uh, the, um, cause I often found that that is a very significant moment in most filmmakers yeah. lives. Um, I definitely had that. Uh, I can't really say it's just one feeling. I feel like I had a bunch of feelings. Um, my, the very first set I actually worked on was I think two years ago now. Um, and John Heater, Napoleon Dynamite was the main character. And then Jim O'Hare was there. And I was just a PA, but like just being a part of it, I was like, holy shit, this is so cool. And it was something like I've always wanted to do and be a part of and just even getting the opportunity to be next to freaking Jim O'Hare. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> um, so that was like my first moment. Um, and just honestly knowing that I've always wanted to do this, I just get so giddy about it. I'm, I know Madeline does too. It's just knowing that like I can't, anything I do, anything I've thought of uh, other than doing film, it always comes back to film. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to do, do this. Like in my, like in my mind, I always psych myself out and say like, all right, this might not work. Like who's really going to like what I write. But in my gut, I'm like, no, like this is what I have to do. This is what I feel like. There's more to my life, you know, but, and, and then getting to do it with my best friend is just so full circle for me and just makes it the whole experience of doing intersect together. Just, mm -hmm the best thing ever, you know, it's just doing it with your best friend being so comfortable. And so, yeah, that was really, I think at the end of it, we we're just like, let's go to sleep. And then, like, and then let's wake up and fucking celebrate. Yeah. And like go with champagne. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, mine, mine was just when we were on set and it was, um, you're so exhausted and then you like take a step, a step back. And I think we just had like a coffee break or something. And I went upstairs like by myself and just to like take a breath. And I was just like, this is so, so cool. And I was so thankful and so happy the way everything turned out. And I was like, holy shit, people are listening to like what we're saying yeah. and they're doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which so is so was, out of sort for me. You know? yeah, yeah. And we had the best time. And so it was a really, really cool moment, like a life changing experience for yeah. sure. Yeah. And just hearing, like, your guys' feedback and everyone's feedback through this whole process just, you know, reassures our confidence reassures that, that, like, we're, like, we're, doing, okay, the, we're yeah. doing, okay, we're doing the right thing. Like, we, we, we did our best, and that's all we could ask for. Mm -hmm. fight, fight, fight in the good fight. Yeah, the, exactly. B-Man. Um, this is a this tough, is a tough one. one. I've, um, I've gotten you two days in a row, bro. <laughs> the, the, the two podcasts in a row with a toffee. I'm getting better at this. And this one's easier than last week. So I'll, I'll say that because last week you put me through a whole existential <laughs> loop. It was all about uh, money. Um, like, I want to say it was when I was filming my Watergate documentary. And there was a brief moment of just like, I'm actually at the Watergate filming a documentary, but since I was in charge of that one, I was just so chaos in my mind so much on that one that I don't feel like I really had the moment that you're looking for here, Mark. And then of course there is when we started filming the first episode of Living Nightmares, which there is that whole thing of being back, especially since I was away for a year and a half at sea and being welcomed back into narrative filmmaking. But as to answer your actual question, I'm going to say it was actually the set we met on, which was the second half of Zach's senior project, because that was coming off of a time when 
Um, I hadn't worked with anybody in years. Like the last time I worked with, the last time I worked on any kind of set was my documentary, but that was my own. And the last time I'd been invited onto somebody else's set was, I think, like right after graduating from college. Uh, so there was like a whole like one and a half, two year gap before anybody even invited me onto a set. And so uh, Zach's set is really the one that was sort of like the welcome back to being with people because there was there are some unpleasant stories uh, that happened before that. Um, and so it's, I was just really happy to be back into it after some not so great situations happened to me. Um, so yeah, thank you, Zach. Absolutely. <laughs> and, 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 and was Zach that when you and I became friends, Zach? Or Probably. We, you... Okay. I literally met almost all, all the people that are involved in our, in our, 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 with the exception of Zach, who I met a little bit earlier in the auditions. Everybody that's involved in, in the, and our other partner, David, Brandon, all the regular crew that I that I deal with, that we deal with on a regular basis with them, all met them at pretty much the exact same time on Zach's set. Wow. So, the uh, so Zach Zachamus Decimus, um, uh, what's your what's your answer, sir? So, for me, it would probably be when I filmed my <laughs> music video slash dream sequence. Um, it was the first time I'd ever actually went out and asked for uh, help on my sets because before that I was trying to be the one man army that I so desperately wanted to be because I hated asking for help. And after working on David and Marcus's set, I'm just like, all right, I know these people. Let me ask them for help. And when it came down to actually shooting, it was like, holy shit, I have a crew. I have a cameraman. I have a lighting guy. I have my assistant director, who, thank God, because my shot list was fucking terrible. <laughs> um, I had somebody who could do blood, guts, and gore visual effects, which at the end of the day turned out beautifully. And... After putting it all together in post-production and watching the full thing, I'm like, I'm proud of this. I I actually love it. This is great. This is amazing. And I still love that project to this day. And it was the first piece that I, like, I think it was my junior year in college where I'm just like, all right. After a few years, I'm finally starting to get the hang of it. Cool. So, yeah. I love that. Love it. Love it. So I was I guess... still a postmaster by that point, but everything else I was pretty freaking terrible so of course the um uh, so i guess it's my turn um uh, the um uh, the uh, this actually goes back to a tradition that i have um uh when i was when i and this zach and brandon know this story but i'm gonna tell you, you both the story uh when i was uh um around i don't know seven or eight i decided that i wanted to be an actor um i was actually at a par a friend's party neighbor's party and it was like a themed party area like they had like different rooms that did different themes and back then it was 1997 so jurassic park lost world dress you know archaeology or um uh, you know digging up dinosaur bones whatever that's called was the hottest thing for all kids at that time and they had a giant archaeological dig in the back um which i had zero uh interest in whatsoever so I said, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. And, and the, the, the attendant let me go and everything else. Um, but I went to the front, and there was a stage up there. And, and I walked up on stage, and I, I don't know, I probably said a few things and everything else to an empty, you know, empty bunch of little chairs. And I just walked around. I just felt comfortable up there. Um, and, and it's still a tradition to this day. And I do it as, as, a, as an executive producer. I do it as an actor. 
Um, but, mo- but more importantly, as an actor, um, I, I walk the set. I, I walk the set. I show up a little bit early. I do it with theater. And I just r- feel comfortable. And I remember back to a time when I decided that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, uh, and, um, and that happened to me when I, and, and it turned out for, for better or for worse, it was a film that I was on. I was playing the lead villain. Um, Zach and Brandon know what, know what movie I'm talking about. Um, I, the, um, but, it, but w- there was a whole outside exterior where they had built a whole camp and a, and a tent and cabins and they had built a whole exterior park. And I had just, I got there like maybe about 10 minutes early and I got to walk around. I got to walk the set. Um, and I realized, I was like, holy shit, the, um, I'm acting in, an, in a feature film. The, um, and that's, you know, when that, when that moment settled in that, that, you know, that I'm a part of something, the, um, uh, which is pretty cool. The, um, which is a pretty, pretty cool, uh, cool thing. But it all stems back to me sneaking out of a birthday party to go walk on a stage um, uh, and realizing, and realizing that this is where I want to be. You belong there. Oh my God. I have chills. That is so cool. The, um, and plus two, I was obsessed with, I figured out that, um, I wanted to, um, I was really into Jurassic Park back then, but as a movie. Um, so I used to pretend to be, I figured out like, I was like, I want to be in Jurassic Park. And then I realized like, Oh, wait a minute. No, I don't want to be in Jurassic Park because I could die, but I would love to pretend to be in Jurassic Park. And my very, and I told my dad that my very Italian father said, said, yeah, that's called fucking acting kid. Yeah. Here's, here's what you gotta do. The um, uh, Brennan, Brennan, and Zach know my dad very, very well. Oh uh, my, the uh, Papa Conway. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, he he said, yeah, it's acting. That's and here's what you gotta do. Um, here, here's here's the steps. We gotta get you involved in theater and everything else. And um, uh, and then that's and then that's where this crazy thing started. Everything happens for a reason. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> So, so, all right. So, so here's what we do. Um, uh, we, we go around the horn and we give any final thoughts. Um, uh, we'll give any final thoughts. And then at the very end, uh, we will have you both plug, um, any, you know, any of your social medias. Um, but I like to keep those two things separate just because final thoughts should be final thoughts. And then plugging your social media should be plugging your social media. So Zach, Zach and Ms. Decimus, any final thoughts? Squirrels. Of course. Um, it's, it's always this final thought. <laughs> B-man. Um, yeah, just kind of recap everything I said, uh, keep doing what you're doing. As long as you feel you're staying true to your vision when you make your short films, that's the best thing that any of us can do. Um, and yeah, I think it was a very impressive short film and, and it's, we talked over email before this and you had mentioned it was your first (laughs) film. Um, in talking to you during this podcast, I didn't realize how little you guys, how little experience you guys had going in. <laughs> so yeah. it just gives a whole new perspective. It's like, when you say it was your first, it's like, oh, you mean, you mean it was like your first first. And that just makes me yeah. more. Yeah, are you shocked? Actually, the more I think about it, yeah, it's like, no, really no like education experience. It's, everything was learned from things sure, we looked yeah. up. Things yeah, Brandon, I'm sure as we're talking, Brandon's probably sitting there texting them like oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> what have we got ourselves into oh my like, god no film school or anything like that yeah, I mean, no, it's... Not a... <laughs> yeah. But yeah good job he's thinking about his student debt right now yeah, <laughs> yeah. good job i can't wait for the next one and i hope you guys stay within the horror genre
The uh, so and then I'll say this too is that you know I I said this in the last podcast. I says you know I said that you need you you have you need dedication, hard work. You need that passion that drives you, and you both clearly have that. You both clearly want to do this because you know that you have to be in this. But there's something else important too is that when it comes down in in a, in a create creativity knife fight in some circumstances the thing that's going to push it a little bit over is talent um and as you know in this case is raw talent and and i have news for you you both have it um I, the uh, um uh, you know just in case you you know it, I, nobody brought it you know broke it to you um uh, the um uh, you know you both have raw talent and the only thing that you're missing is time and experience but that just comes with what it is time the and experience um, experience yeah exactly thanks thanks for that brendan um uh, the uh um the uh he's always there um uh, the uh but the the one thing i will say though too is that that that's what you have now and you have dedication hard work you have the perfect um you have this perfect concoction um uh, of both of those things i cannot wait to see what happens when when that cake is done in the oven um uh, the uh um it, it's 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 gonna it's, be a big old cake. <laughs> it's gonna be a big old cake um uh, the um stick with what you're doing you're doing you're going in the right direction keep the hard work keep keep practicing keep doing things keep talking with people like us and even more people like them and you will go extremely far um uh in in whatever you want um in in this in in life um because you have the talent to back it up so um, uh, and I say that in the, in the most humbling way because I had no idea that this was your first film. Um, and it, actually, I'm sorry, I wouldn't have known had you told me you kind of spoiled the surprise, but I would have believed that it was your, you know, your first. So, 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 so keep driving, um, uh, keep driving forward and keep having that work ethic and that passion because you already have the raw talent to back it up. Keep going. I need to, like record you. And I know. Have I'm going to play this every repeat morning. every day. Every single morning. Like this is what I'm going to. You're my wake up call. This is this this is the reason why when we were filming episode three, I um, mean, we needed an extra 15 minutes. Brandon's like, hey, Mark, could you talk to the could you talk to the cast and crew, um, and get them to stay an extra 15 minutes? The um, and that's exactly and that's exactly what I did. Um, uh, and that's you know that's what you know that's what onset producers do. So he's also um, a nice version of me. <laughs> oh yeah, so the um, the uh, eh, you know I just I'm just better at pretending it. Um, uh, you fake it till you make it. Um, uh, well, that's the putting uh, it. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, and we are so so grateful and mm-hmm. thankful to you all. And we would love to get together once it's all over. Yeah. And you know, just keep yeah. um, we love to come back on. Yeah, we can talk yeah. to you guys all freaking day. <laughs> yeah, so, well, apparently, apparently we can. We'll, 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 you I gotta. Yeah. And I, I think this is our longest one in a really long time. <laughs> if it's over three hours, it is our longest one. <laughs> Wait, we, we, we was our Alien it. Day podcast four hours or three hours? Yes. I think it was like three and a half. Three and a half. Uh, this one's coming close. The, Good uh, job. You kept up with Alien. <laughs> the um, it it was a all day long. It was an <laughs> hour. It was an hour of them debating about Prometheus. The. <laughs> oh my goodness. Both of them. All the movies we kind of talked about, or anything that because I, I'm definitely gonna check out the society <laughs> that's not forgotten, but there's like a couple other things that I'm or I'll maybe go back once you all send this to us. Um, 
you know, are we the society it? ambassadors influencers? Yeah, watch it. <laughs> of course, of course. So, all right. So, so let's let's uh, let's wrap it up, and um, uh, you know, and everything else. So, where can everybody find you? So we can give you some. Uh, uh, go ahead and plug uh, the uh, plug whatever. The floor is yours. Um, yeah. So intersect for- film. Intersectfilm.com. Intersectfilm on IG. Um, and then intersectfilm.com. Mm-hmm. And then, actually, if you just go to intersectfilm.com, you can find everything. Yeah, we all have the all social of our handles. social media links to that. Um, we have a blooper reel, so you can see me run across the screen. Yeah, but all, our, all um, of our social media links are um, at intersectfilm, so it'll be easy to find. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And, hey, everybody, as always, um, uh, please give this a like, share, and subscribe. Tell your aunts, brothers, sisters, uncles, best friends all about Midwest Horror Network and the Nightmares podcast. Uh, Brandon, where where can they where can they find us? You can find us at Midwest Horror Network on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Zach Slasher. Nice, nice. Thank you all. Um, uh, thank you all very, very much. We love you all, um, and we will talk to you all next time on the Nightmares podcast. Thank you.